0: Bruising Banner Podcast, Banner Podcast, Bruising Banner Podcast.
1: Banner podcast. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to Bruising Banner Podcast. I am your host Rob G, and with me, as always, is the legendary Brew Crew. What up, fellas? I was reading this weekend. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> mama, mama. Nah, <laughs> it doesn't taste like dirt. Uh, my name is Lou
0: Belgium, ladies and gentlemen. I'm wondering,
1: does nowhere <laughs> have an actual culture? This is the podcast that we talk about beer, but we also talk about a lot of things that's happening in the world movies. Anything really that comes to our mind while we're here sampling these brews. Grab a drink, and pull up a chair.
2: <laughs> ooh, ooh.
3: We love you Bruise and podcast.
1: <laughs> I've cracked me all time. <laughs> uh <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> uh what up, what up, what up? Welcome to Bruising Banter Podcast, where the topic is the rockin' and the brew. Whatever <laughs> the fuel, I'm your host, Rob G. With me, as always, the legendary Brew Crew. I know. Like, What's going on, fellas? First of all,
2: I
0: look silly as shit <laughs> with this sunglasses. Absolutely, right? man. That's why no. I hadn't looked up and seen that. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to make the best out of my life right now. But also... <laughs> <I'm-> <laughs> (laughs) How did we just jump right into it? Like I thought. (laughs) Yeah, that threw me off. That
2: that's what threw me off. I didn't hear no
0: music. We want no music. Chris is still in in here. I thought he's going to be in the green room or nothing. Hey, what's up, Eric? Hey man, how you doing? Eric's still here. He's like chilling. (laughs) Like I thought, all this was the process that we was going through, and it just didn't. It didn't happen. I find.
4: If I'd known I know. this was live, I would have worn my my sunglasses, too. I didn't know I didn't know it had that option. I was, yeah, you can wear shades. I didn't know either. Go <laughs> get them. Go get them. We got time. Oh, I, I'm good. I'm good. I don't to know where they are right now. <laughs> well,
0: at least, at least it is for a purpose, right? Because my eyes are kind of jacked up, right? I got a lot of stuff going on. But I had to turn my light on so y'all can see me. So y'all can see me, right? Right. I had mm-hmm. to turn my light right. on, but the light is in my face. And so I was like, <laughs> oh, I'll just put my glasses on.
1: Right. I wear my cell we in the house in the day. There we go. Uh, yeah, my uh, for some reason my phone didn't connect, so I was like, "Well, I heard music, but it was only on my phone." So I was like, "You know what? <laughs> <I can't remember. laughs>
0: what happened to you today? Like you, little... Uh, little jacked up there, boy, boy? What happened to you
2: today? <laughs> What's just going on? It's one of those days? <laughs> um, uh, but uh." <laughs>
1: Well, like we do, we do have a great guest with us this afternoon. Yeah, this he's right there. You. If he's, he, right, he, there. Oh, he's, he's right, right there, there. Oh, Aaron he's Clark. there. From Cohesion <laughs> really, so we want to thank him for coming on the podcast. Right. Thank you so much. Appreciate
0: you. sound like Rob you need to call IT. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why? Wow, what happened? What happened now? He's still a little choppy. Something else happened.
0: Oh, now you oh, were shocking uh, when you was. Were yeah, talking. this sound better now though.
4: It's all good. I'm happy to be here. Thanks, man. Good we're happy. So glad. I'm, I'm, we're uh, glad you're here.
1: Before we get into all that, we always like to know what everybody is uh drinking on. Uh <laughs> we got a little switch up, so. Uh what are we drinking today? And we always start with the guests. So uh, I don't know, Eric, are you drinking on something or do you have something to uh you may drink on later?
4: <laughs> yeah, no, no, I I brought a beer up. Uh yeah, I got the shilling. Uh this. Lena 10, 10 Degrees, so okay. Czech style lager. Uh, they're calling it Sviatle Pivo. So uh, I, I got this one. they sent it out to me about a week or two ago. I've been excited to drink this, saving it for something good. So I figured this podcast was a good reason. So nice. that's a, it's a it's a cool one. They use this um, like heirloom varietal malt that's grown in Massachusetts uh, that I've been excited to try. So yeah, I'm I'm oh, I haven't remember. taken a sip yet, but I'm drinking on what's, it.
0: What's the ABV on <laughs> Four point oh, Yeah, that's
1: about right. Oh, right. Yeah.
4: Sure. Yeah, start the start the day off a little slow.
0: Yeah.
2: Right.
1: me mm-hmm. yeah. All, right. All right, uh Lou, what you drinking on? Right. Oh
2: man, I finally <laughs> went to uh Yoda's house and remembered that he had beer for me. Um this came from Miami <laughs> by way of uh <laughs> North Carolina. Uh this is dissolver's uh Cake sour al- fruited cheesecake, excuse me, sour ale. Uh, presented by, by Dissolver is called Crab Rangoon. Um, It looks like this, but it don't like
0: it looks like what? Describe it because it looks weren't.
2: like. Oh, I'm sorry. It, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it looks like this It's a uh, peachish color in color. It has peaches, apricots, oranges, tangerines, pineapple and cheesecake in the uh, in the the blend. Uh, it tastes delicious. I, that's why I asked for a can while I was we were um, in Miami at the um, what's that? The Ivory Jungle. Ivory Jungle. Thank you. Oh, nice. And um, that's where I met um, I met Ariel, and she gave me a can of this. This is delicious. I don't know why they named it Crab Rangoon because <laughs> it kind of looks like duck sauce to me, but it doesn't taste. <laughs> yeah, anything it is like, kind of the color of duck sauce. Yeah, You're but it doesn't taste right.
0: anything like. It maybe smells a little.
2: I Dunk think maybe they,
0: maybe they call it uh, Crab Rangoon because you know, the ain't Crab Rangoon like made with it's like- the, It's uh, the
2: wontons with crab in it. Yeah, yeah. It also see it
0: see it. has cream cheese in it. Yeah, yeah that's that's right. So it maybe that's why they did that because it. that has. Yeah. The cheesecake That's true. cream cheese yeah. and it
2: does have um the cheesecake does present a little lactose so there is, it does contain lactose for y'all that are intolerant of the lactose uh it's five <laughs> five five percent uh abv um it's it's delicious man it's really good like i said i'm just confused by the name but i love the taste and everything about it all the all the flavors that i mentioned earlier the peaches in there I'm not sure what apricots taste like, but I'm like sure that just... that's in there. Yeah, okay, <laughs> definitely in there. Then uh, oranges. It smells a lot of pineapple-y and I uh, I could taste the the orangey tangerine of it all as well. But uh, yeah, it's, it's delicious, man. Pass me another and another. Yes, and so? uh, I think the lactose gives it like a, a roundness, like it makes it taste fuller and gives it more body. The, uh, yeah. the lactose does. Yeah.
0: Yo, it but took yeah, me two. like it was so hard not to drink that. I know, man. I appreciate you not drinking it. I really do, cause it, really it's, it's worth saving.
2: It. it was worth. It was worth me drinking because it. Right? I, I was going to drink but it, but you. I wish you could drink it with me, man. That would have been good. We should have just <laughs> drunk it together. But uh, you know, oh,
1: mm. smells so good. Oh, smells like
2: candy. Smells like candy. <laughs> oh, it smells so good.
1: All right, I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Uh, all right. I got water. I'm um, gonna. All right. <laughs> Can we see got, what it look like? You ain't gonna see a it because it's in my ah, boo,
2: boo, boo. <laughs> Next week, next week, give you bring water, heavy rind, heavy zest. Like I need to see it. I want to see it in the in a clear glass.
0: I'm putting I'm clear, gonna put clear it, clear mint leaves and shit in it.
2: Yeah, do do your thing with your with your water. Yeah, I don't know. calcium.
1: Yeah, I don't like, know who yeah. low county <laughs> Uh-huh. I think know. it all is, ain't it? Ain't it all? Yeah, I think all of yeah, us Yeah, but, us but are the I don't know.
0: Lou always be talking about this
2: cal, calcium in that's the water. You got thats because you ah! have the
1: calcium problem. Well, that, there's a fluoride in the water. That's not calcium in the water. They don't calcium, have calcium. It like calcium. It's mm-hmm. calcium deposits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look it up. You <laughs> be drinking, drinking that type of You might be calcium deposit. Yeah, you are. You making it up? like last, last <laughs> week, you know, that's, I'm not. That water lies. That's water lies. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm waterlogging y'all. I'm waterlogging. Uh, uh, I mean, I probably well, yeah, because there's some calcium, but that's like in the tap water. It's not like if you're getting spring water or something like that, or unfiltered.
0: Should
4: should, should have less, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Have
0: less, but
2: not gone.
0: Right. I'm just saying. So you're saying I to stop drinking water? I'm saying maybe. <laughs> or maybe cool. you should look at the ingredients in your water so before you start be like, drinking. Oh, it. oh, sir. Now you get dehydrated. Now you got another you should, problem. No,
2: nah, you should you should try to check and see like what kind of water you're drinking. Because I'm not saying that all water, I'm sure there's water, there's definitely waters without calcium in it, but I know there's water with calcium
4: in it, mm-hmm. and you
2: may be drinking that. I don't want you to be drinking that, man. Not if you don't need it. You get calcium
4: other ways and you there's like containing it. There's gotta be a calcium water at the store. There's like yeah. 20 different kinds of water now, so there's gotta <laughs> be a, a calcium <laughs> added one.
2: Don't don't look for that.
4: <laughs> uh okay. And next week, rotten. show us a better
2: show us a better version of your water, please. Yeah. Maybe
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all righty. Thanks for that uh water uh analysis. <laughs> We're all about the hydration over here, man. Yeah. Absolutely. We're all drinking versions to, of it, right? Right. Shout out to the water national uh national water sponsor. I mean in uh, a league. I'm sure there's like a, a society that <laughs> works out for the water now.
4: Sure. Oh yeah. The
0: National Water Society. I think so yeah, Maybe. I think so. yeah. There's definitely
4: cities, definitely every yeah. city is looking out for your water. <laughs> yeah. Trying. Trying, they're, yeah, they're yeah, they're trying. not the <laughs> government. Maybe maybe like the city community, but not the yeah. Government. <laughs> they're not they're not doing a good job in Denver, but they're trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're always trying Eric. <laughs> yeah, they send they send you Brita filters once a like once a quarter in Denver because the they just Brita. know the water's bad. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, So they every every household that their their easiest fix is to send you a Brita and Brita filters like once a quarter. That? That's oh, a, right. that's what you Where get. Is that's. <laughs> Crazy. Is that
2: enough for is that enough brita filter though? I,
4: I feel think. Like... well, I think so. The problem is lead. We got lead, we got lead in the pipes. So, but they hmm. so it's I think it's enough for lead, but I don't know if it's enough for everything else. But there's little billboards. No, I mean, billboards no, I mean in like town. you said
2: every quarter, you said every quarter you get them.
4: Oh, is that enough <laughs> probably
1: to not. last a quarter?
2: Yeah, that's what I'm I saying. Think, like, you still gotta go out and buy brita filters. Let's probably well, I think
1: that's supposed to last six months. Well, yeah, last like that. The last six or three, okay. three to six. It depends yeah. on one get. Yeah. All right, yeah. so I guess that is. But, that is a uh not it's not a super old city or state. The fact that it has
4: pipe problem is crazy to me yeah i mean a lot of of stuff was built like yeah like early 1900s so i guess i mean they're they're digging them out slowly but it takes you know however long it takes the city to do whatever they want to do so they're they're working on it but they have like billboards up and they say like you know if you got baby formula filter your baby water like the water for your baby Mm -hmm. formula like it's yeah it's it's Hmm. not ideal we've we've Filter all the water at cohesion, so I just drink water from there. And then... <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to do it. That's that's the best right. way. Yeah,
0: Brita is making bank
1: out of Colorado,
0: yeah. right?
2: Right, yeah, yeah
1: right.
0: Hey, <laughs> so bad. Rob, what you drinking on, buddy?
1: Oh, I'm actually drinking from uh, uh other half I found it in my uh, fridge, Crudetes. It's a uh, double dry hop with Imperial I- IPA. It has um, one, two, three, four. I don't uh it says Citro and citra cryo but they're same thing it's one of them that uh right. cryo state but mm-hmm. it has uh those uh hops in it it's uh eight percent this imperial mm-hmm. okay. um there it is right there and the uh their their famous green city uh crudités and all that good stuff and is that the vegetables. low end of
2: imperial eight right
1: uh, kind of. There, there's the color oh, right nice. That right. looks good uh I, Got to make sure I see it in my yeah, drinking glass. Yeah,
2: yeah. Show it <laughs> off. show it off. I love <laughs> man. I love that yeah. logo. I like that glass, man.
0: <laughs> if you need a glass, guys, hit Rob up. <laughs> Yo,
2: what's a crudite? Does anybody know what a crudite is?
1: Yeah, ain't that That's the vegetables like... on the dish, right? Yeah,
2: when you get oh, the it's like charcuterie
4: without
1: the
2: meat.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's okay. like a crudite board is like vegetables with the ranch dipping and the blue cheese dipping and all that stuff. So it's like chopped know, up little breakfast. carrots and celery and broccoli yeah, and yeah,
3: yeah.
4: yeah.
0: yeah. Right, I thought like that fruit. was they call it. Black people call it a veggie tray. Yeah,
4: veggie yeah, tray, like yeah. Veggie <laughs> tray. yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah exactly <laughs> what yeah. it should be called. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yo, is this a oh, boy
0: we're gonna uh, veggie tray? <laughs> say
2: I, don't know. I wonder if veggie tray, veggie tray and crudité rhyme. I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, just trying to,
4: they're trying to put the French on it with crudité. Right? They're trying yeah. to be French and fancy with R- the pinkies. Right. It,
2: so. Yeah, it's a veggie
4: plate, though. Okay.
1: <laughs> yes, veggie tray. <laughs> well, I just watched somebody say, um, I was watching 25 Words of Lesson, Somebody said Thanksgiving accoutrement. I was like, I would have never guessed what they guessed. Cornucopia. Uh, accoutrement is. What's oh, that? silverware? Like, no, like like the gravy? Yeah, they they uh, guess cranberry sauce. I was like, uh, what? Acoutremon? <laughs> so that's what? the
2: add-ons.
0: Yeah, <laughs> heard that before.
2: So uh, it's just gravy and cranberry sauce. What else is it? Acoutremon? I don't
0: know. I don't, I don't uh, get out it. much apparently. Yeah. Well,
1: well there you, you go. So, we got uh, <laughs> crudite and mon. <acoutrement. laughs> well, you. Uh, you, you never know, know what you're going to get. To French? That. Yes. Yeah. Merci. Bon I, I can't wait to use those words. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well, everybody has something good to drink on. Uh, we are here to talk to Eric about cohesion and how he got into um, um <laughs> brewing and all that good stuff. So uh without further ado, we want to make sure that uh, we give you the time to, to tell us about the story, like how, how you got started, what you got into, how you got into beer in the first place. Um mm-hmm. so with that being said, one again, uh mm-hmm. Eric coming on the podcast. And yeah, it's
0: funny because Eric seemed like he was all right not coming back to Hey, he
4: was just going. He's
0: like
1: we can
4: talk about whatever. I, 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 I listened to I listened to a few episodes before I came on. I know y'all like to just roll with it, so I'm yeah, I'm, I'm happy to just chat. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh we'll get there. No, we'll I get like there. I like that one, that one with uh Mr. Mr. Bo, no, Mr. Lemon, Mr. Lemon. I like that. Oh, yeah. Mr. Lemon. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to get up to like Sir Sir Lemon there for a minute. I thought he was another. Yeah. One. If he was another one, we're going to have to knight him. We're going to have to him. We have to get the whole <laughs> ceremony down. Yeah. But yeah, no, you thanks for having me on, treasure. guys. I'm, yeah, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm. Uh, it was nice to meet you guys in Philly and be on the podcast there. So I'm happy to be back, but. Yeah, so I'm. uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So I've been I've been in beer like uh, professionally for I keep trying to think about it. It feels like it's a hard date to to nail down. Basically, I I graduated college and got into beer. So um, it's been probably twelve years now, like professionally making beer. So uh, it started. I went to college in Vermont in 2008 2009. You know, I could finally start drinking and. Vermont was one of the places that they love to make their own anything. You know, they're all about make it local, buy it local. We could make it here. And beer was no exception. So they had, you know, they have the most breweries per capita in the country still, I think today, or, or they're up there. And so they've always been all about craft beer. So as soon as we turned 21, I remember going with my buddies, my college roommates. we would lived together all four years. Went to liquor store and we bought, they had this discount wall. And I didn't know about like, date codes or you know expiring beer any of this stuff yet Uh, so i just see like a case of beer for you know a craft beer for like 20 bucks and i'm like yeah let's buy like six of those that's going to be great and that's going to last us forever you know so we buy it we also don't put it in the fridge we don't cold store it so we put it in our little like storage unit in the back of our townhouse. and after about three months that stuff tasted pretty bad uh (laughs) but but that was kind of you know where i learned about all these breweries after college living together with my buddies, we would do like the Vermont brewery trail. So they had a little path for you go to all the breweries, get it stamped. And I kind of got into beer. So I started brewing, you know, once I got into it, just home brewing, um, you know, all of the typical stories, I exploded fermenters in my shower. And my girlfriend at the time was like, what the hell is this in our shower? Like, you know, there's yeast everywhere, all over everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so I, I was into, I got a biology degree out of college. So I was interested in farming um, and agriculture and kind of that that side of things. So uh, I started volunteering on some farms um, throughout the summers or little organic farms. Again, there's tons of farming and agriculture and produce in Vermont. So uh, one of the farms I was working on, I was homebrewing. I would bring beer in for us like, you know, when we're washing vegetables or washing eggs, I would just bring my homebrew and we would drink it while we were doing that. So they knew I liked beer. And then they were a farm. They had some pigs. So they took spent grain from a local brewery to feed the pigs. Um, and so uh, that was 2011 or 12. And uh, y'all probably remember this. Hurricane Irene came through the northeast, right? Not yeah. not normal to see a hurricane come through there, but it made it all the way to Vermont. And it flooded yeah. the fields that we were on. So this was mid or early June. Um, and they, you know, we were just starting to put stuff in the ground, just starting to plant. And they were in a floodplain, so they were low- Low-lying area, we ended up with about six feet of water on the land. Uh all the, I mean, harvest, the crops were done. Like you weren't, you weren't planting anything, you weren't growing anything, you were screwed that year. Um, so they I was making a hundred dollars a week uh on this on this job and they they couldn't afford to pay me. They said, Hey, Mm. we we don't have any produce, we don't have anything. We can't, we can't pay you. But you seem to like this beer stuff. Um, you know, you bring in beer, maybe this brewery that we take grain from, maybe they got some hours, you can go help them out. So I go and I meet the brewer. um, and the first day actually is harvesting blueberries uh, for a blueberry beer they're making. So that was my first brewing day of work. Uh, so I harvest some blueberries. I hang out with the brewer. She's, she likes me. So she's like, okay, yeah, you can come hang out a little more. So I start hanging out I start cleaning growlers, things like that. And I'm there maybe like 30 hours a week. Cause I'm just, whatever you want me to do, I'm, I'm here to do it. I want to learn. This is awesome. Right. Um, and about a month into that, I asked her, I'm like, Hey, do you, do you think I could get paid sometime? And she was like, we don't, we don't pay you yet. And I was like, no, no, I I haven't haven't been paid yet. She's like, oh yeah, you're, you're helpful. Yeah. We should pay you. (laughs) So (laughs) so that's, that's how I got my first, my first paid brewing job, I guess. Uh, and then, so once I was in there, I was able to go to the, the Vermont brewers or American brewers guild has a, distance learning course so you get like cds and booklets and stuff and then you take classes on your own time and then there's like one week uh, or a couple things you have to do in person so like filter a beer brew a beer clean a tank stuff like that so i could do all that because i was working in a brewery so i kind of jumped the line a little bit because normally these waiting times were like nine months to get in these programs Mm -hmm. so i got in that program got my formal education if you will um and then they couldn't afford to have me on full time you know once i learned everything it was like, oh, we don't actually need a full time person. Like it was more hours when I was training. It was one of those situations where it's like, when we're teaching you, you had to be around more. But now that you can do it on your own. We only need you here like 20 hours a week. So I wanted to be full time. So I applied to uh, Allagash Brewing over in Portland, Maine. And I I don't know why they hired me or talked to me, but I'd never I'd never been to Maine. I mean that's a it's a fantastic brewery. But they I ended up getting a job there um, and I brewed there for about four years. Um, learned right. learned a lot. I mean that was still to this day. I think they're one of the top American craft breweries. The way they do things, top to bottom, it's a fantastic company making fantastic beer. And I learned a ton. I mean, I probably brewed, I don't know, six, seven, eight hundred batches while I was there. I mean, we were when I started there, we were brewing forty-five batches a week Um, overnight. You know, it was it was a production environment. So they
0: still brew that much, guys.
4: So they they've doubled in size since I was there. They bought they bought a bigger. They They bought a bigger brew house, so they they doubled the size of the brew house, so then you can brew, Mm -hmm. you know, same but less. And they got a much more automated brew house. Like, I was still brewing Mm -hmm. on Rob Todd, the guy who started it. He, you know, Mm in the 90s, he started it. There wasn't a ton of brewing suppliers. He bought a a dairy tank and retrofitted it to be a louder ton. Like, he... Mm -hmm. We were still brewing on that when I showed up. And that thing... That thing was a struggle. That thing was with your patience. (laughs) It would... yeah, Yeah, it was... It was great. It was an awesome learning experience It showed me, you know, what you can do with a little bit of resourcefulness, and we had a great engineer who could fix stuff too, so that was helpful. But uh, yeah, I brewed there about four years, and then um, my hey, wife. Eric, got, let me
2: let me stop you real quick. Yeah, I want to ask yeah, about your Allagash yeah, experience. Mm-hmm. Were, yeah. was it? Just a brew house there, or were they distributing at the time? What was oh, the yeah. setup like? They were full and full. I figure full 45. distro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't. Just a, was it a brew house at all? Like, could you come in and just Mm -hmm. get a beer?
4: Yeah. uh, So they were doing, so Allegash was an interesting setup in that way too. Uh, So they distributed most of their product and tap rooms weren't a thing. So this was like Mm. 2012, 2015, like tap room, that tap room culture hadn't really kicked off yet. And when Alligash started again, they, they were already over ten, they were like thirteen years old at that, or no, seventeen years old at that point, right? So already right. A pretty mm-hmm. old brewery for yeah. the for <laughs> craft beer at that time. Right, so they right. started with this with this model of we want to send people, and they're a tourist town. Portland, Maine's a tourist town. We want people to go drink at the bars because the tap again making money in the tap rooms wasn't something people really thought about. So they mm-hmm. closed the tap room. You couldn't buy a full beer when I started there. You could show up, you could get a free tour, and you could get four, three ounce samples, also free, but, and Mm -hmm. you could buy merch, but you couldn't buy a beer. You couldn't have a pint. You couldn't sit down because they wanted you to go into town and drink at the places where their beer was on tap. That was their mentality. And with the brewery Mm -hmm. that they were making about 40,000 barrels a year when I started there. So, you know, you can't, you can't serve that much in your own bar. So they said, yeah, go, go support the places in Portland that sell our beer. Don't, don't stay here. So they would close at like six on Saturday. So you couldn't sit there and have a beer um, so it was a very different environment. They were packaging, but mostly draft. So they were like uh, 75% draft, I think, when I when I started there. I mean, it was kegs, lots and lots of kegs. Mm-hmm. And then so they were up and down the East Coast. I don't think they'd gotten to like Florida yet. Um, and then Chicago and California. So those were the markets. And by the time I left, Chicago was actually overtaking uh, most of the East Coast, like the Chicago mm-hmm. land area. They drink, they drink a lot of beer (laughs) and they were, they were drinking Alligash. So, uh, so it was, it was very distro heavy. Yeah. No, no tap room, no, no full pints, no nothing at the bar. So it was, it was definitely a package it, put it on a truck, send it out the door. So it was, that's learning
2: some, I learned something new. I just always figured, uh, all, all craft beer breweries had a tap room and not knowing like when you. Yeah. Being that old, they was like, "Hey, what's a tap room? We don't do that. Come in, <laughs> yeah. come toward, come and tour the yeah. place and drink the beer in, in the t- in town. Yeah. That's that's a whole yeah. different
4: world, mm-hmm. I guess. Wow. Damn. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and they were they they now they have a tap room right now. They it, it's become more accepted and like, but they were mm-hmm. worried about pissing off their bar partners, right? Like, yeah. And I could see I could see why, right? If I'm a bar in Portland and then. I'm buying your keg, but also you're offering them the same Stella, beer. Like, yeah, right, yeah like right, they, they would right. kind of get jealous, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. you could, you can offer them the full brewery experience. And I'm sitting here in my bar. Like, of course, they're going to want to go there. Yeah. It felt like stealing, stealing business. That makes,
2: and that it, makes yeah. sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, so yeah that absolutely. Obviously, makes sense.
4: they're, yeah, obviously they're over it now, but it was super. It was a fun time to be working there too. Cause, um, so it was in an industrial, I don't know if y'all have visited Allegash yet, um, mm-hmm. and, but it's in it's in an industrial park. So there's a bunch of, you know, industrial buildings around, and there was a a building maybe five hundred feet, a thousand feet across the parking lot, basically, and that was kind of became like a little incubator for breweries. So I don't know if you guys have had anything from Bissell mm-hmm. Brothers or Main Beer Company, yeah. or Rising yeah. Tide, but all those breweries started. They were coming up like across the street, and it was really cool because I could I could watch, you know, the brewers from Bissell Brothers would come over and be like, "Hey guys, we made this beer. What do you think? How do we make it better? How do what do we need to change?" And they would. Ask us for advice. So that was, it was really cool to see Allegash not be like, "Hey, like your competitors, right?" They, they didn't see it that way. They were super right. friendly. They would offer advice, help them out, and that was it. Was a good place to see how that mentality can can help because then people would come out. They'd say, "Oh, I'm visiting Portland. I only have a day. And I'm here for a weekend. How do I maximize my time here?" Oh, I'm gonna go to Allegash because there's also four breweries across the street. And then oh, people yeah. who were in from out of town, they they wouldn't stay downtown. They would go out there, and so then it became a destination, and food trucks would want to come. And that's when the taproom, I think, started to make more sense. But it was cool okay. to see yeah. what what yeah. like this little hub of breweries could do, right? And right. I'm sure you all do the same thing. When you go to a new town, you're like, okay, I only have a day. I have an afternoon, right? If I don't have a right. place I got to go, I kind of look... Okay, where can I hit the most spots in the shortest period exactly. of time? Yeah, yeah. And Allagash offered that.
2: We
0: did that. In <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. did that we went yeah. to Florida. We was like, yeah. It yeah. always, made, it walk, it
2: always it makes sense when they, yeah if they're in walking distance. It's awesome if they in, oh, five yeah, in the driving exactly. distance, You can't you can't you can't beat it.
4: Yeah, sure. exactly. So it was it was really cool. I think I didn't realize at the time how unique that was and and kind of uh, rare that was, but it was awesome to see that. So. But yeah, they they're now I think they're over a hundred thousand barrels a year now. I mean they're still full distro, they haven't really added any states, they just keep keep growing. So right. it's uh it's a great, it's a great company. I I I'm really sad they used to distribute into Colorado and I still bug the sales manager. Every time I see her, I'm like, hey, so so Colorado, like that's it's coming soon, <laughs> right? And she's sometimes she says yes and then sometimes she says no, and but we <laughs> we still don't have it. So, uh, I'm, I'm jealous of y'all being able to get it because y'all y'all are in Delaware, right? All of you. Or- yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. yeah Allagash is always,
2: yep, in the it was one of the first ones I tasted. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. So, so from after you, so after your time at Allagash, how is that when
4: you made it to Colorado or is yeah. there another stop in between? No, no. I, so I went straight to Colorado. So, um, uh, my now, my wife, who I met in Maine, uh, we were just dating at the time. She got relocated to Arkansas, and I was like, "I'm not moving to Arkansas." Uh, <laughs> so, so we had to figure out where we were gonna where we were gonna meet up. And we're both big. Uh, I'm a skier. She's a snowboarder. You know, we we try and get like I think my highest season I've gotten like 45 days of skiing in. I mean, I I love skiing. So, um, so we wanted to find a place where that could be something that was accessible for us. So we were like, okay, nice. where are we gonna end up? Uh, together again and denver is where we picked um, my family's from texas so it was close by to my family so uh and and we love the mountains here so i yeah. so i just kind of while, while she was in arkansas and i was in maine you know i started looking for new jobs and i uh, found uh, a brewery that needed a production brewer uh, or a production someone to build out a production facility so i'd worked in a production facility i asked a bunch of questions hey what does that do where'd you get that what's this thing and i felt like i had enough knowledge to give it a shot so uh i moved out to colorado and worked at a brewery called odd 13 brewing um they're still around but the bre- the brewery that i built is now gone so they they kind of got bought by another brand um mm. but they they we were some of the first people in colorado to do hazy ipas um mm. and so i came you know from vermont from new england where bissell brothers were making hazies right across the street we had you know, Alchemist and all the Hill Farmstead in in Vermont, making all these hazies. So I've been enjoying it in Colorado. They haven't really made any yet. So I came out and the the guy who was at the taproom side, he was also, he'd been to Vermont. He's like, yeah, I kinda like these beers. Like, let's try and make one. And we, so we started making them and they were incredibly popular. Uh, You know, we were one of the first two or three breweries to really make them in the state and it blew up, man. It was, it was wild, but it also, it also pissed a lot of brewers off. Like the brewers Mm -hmm. got mad. Like there were people in the newspaper being like, what? These guys don't know what they're doing. Like they're a bunch of amateurs. Like they're, they're not, they don't, mm. there's just homebrewers basically that are fucking up. And that's why they're making the beer like this. Like it was a weird environment to have. But, but
2: you can go, you can look <laughs> in Maine and Vermont and see hazy IPAs being mm-hmm. like a
1: rage at
4: before. Yeah. yeah.
1: But they didn't, oh, didn't have the same beer. thought about them too.
4: <laughs> yeah i mean yeah I exactly guess, exactly maybe, They but maybe. they just know what no one made it locally so they didn't have to deal with it but i mean at the end of the day i think there was a bit of you know it was it was not not jealousy but like this idea of oh they're they're succeeding they're getting all this hype and attention and popularity and it's for something that like we're we're making something that's better than that it was a it was a strange complex for a while i mean there were breweries that, that is weird i mean there were breweries that came out with instagram videos like, you know, I am never ever gonna make a hazy beer. I I'm the better brewer than that. I don't know what these guys are doing. They're lazy. They don't know how to make beer. Like we'll we will never, you know, don't succumb air. to that is level. Make, is making a hazy a
2: lazy way to make an IPA? No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely.
4: So there right. so was clearer like, they
2: thought it
1: was but, that, that, yeah, at that yeah point was but, say, but they, they never they tried to comment.
2: make it. So this is just ignorance correct being spewed. Yeah. You
0: see, it was just, they was just hating. They was hating. Yeah, it was
2: hating. hating. Yeah. That yeah. was that yeah. was like
1: busy now. I saw. was about to say, like, who if they're <laughs> not they in if they, they have
2: or they're not brewing, or they don't, they weren't they're an accountant. Like they do
4: something.
2: I think I think one
4: of the I think one of the breweries did hold out, but 99% of them that spewed that are definitely making like, them held out making, until like now like still yes. don't
2: make them now
4: still don't make a hazy they, is this uh, particular
2: brewery popular yes
4: uh Who locally locally yeah, yeah, no, yeah no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah we'll I, and I good like for, their beer I think I, I think they make great beer I think they I yeah. mean they've won GABF medals they're making great beer but they definitely <laughs> were not happy with this trend and <laughs> it was it was super interesting man it was I I don't really know where it came from but there's like,
0: can you imagine how many people come in there and be like, y'all got any hazies?
2: Imagine interviewing for a brewer position, and they're yeah. like, no, you don't make hazies, do you? And you're like, well, yeah, of course I make hazies. I'm like, oh, yeah. you're not getting it. Yeah,
4: Yeah, I think that's what they were getting, though. Like, they were getting yeah. people walking in their tapping and being like, hey, what's your hazy? Or do you, do you have a hazy? Do you have a New England? And they'd be like, no, fuck that. Like, we don't right. do that. And it's like, it would just get on their nerves. Like, yeah, I felt like, all like all right, you were... Bro.
0: I'm going down the street.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it it was, I mean, it was fun to be a part of that because it definitely was like a new style for me too. I'd, I'd made Belgian whip beer. I mean, that's what I brewed 95% of the time. And then it's like, okay, make a hazy IPA. I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't dry hopped a beer since I was home brewing. Like, you know, it was, or maybe since I worked at that pub in Vermont, but we don't, the Allegash didn't dry hop beers. Right. So it was a right. total shift. It was a lot of learning for me, but I think the big thing why people were hating on us so much was the, the filtration, right? Filtration and stability. When you go to like old brewing tech or old brewing, your technical brewing skill, stability on the shelf is always something people talk about because these breweries that are making lots of beer and sending it places, it needs to be stable on the shelf. And haziness is inherently not stable, right? We all know that now. That's why we drink them fresh and you want to get them right from the brewery and you got to drink them quick. But if you, if you have a beer that's gonna sit on the shelf for six months, a hazy IPA is not the best beer for that kind of market, but that's where all this institutional knowledge came from. So it was just breaking the mold a little bit of like, okay guys, we now have customers that will come to us, we'll drink it fresh. Why shouldn't we sell them this thing that has a more intense flavor in some ways, that has a rounder, bigger flavor in some ways? Like, why should we not offer customers this now that we have a way to do it? And, but I think it was just, it was going against the grain of what this, bigger institutional base of knowledge was so it was again i i thought it was fun i mean i was learning something new every day and we were growing like crazy and, and had a breakneck pace and it was it was going it was going pretty well for a while so um yeah but yeah so I that know, was, so I was i was yeah go ahead
1: no i was not i know I, not, it sounds funny now i mean not funny but it's interesting to know that you actually went to Denver for skiing, not because of beer. beer. <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, I knew I knew there I'm would be places. San Diego. I'm not going to San Diego. <laughs> like
4: I also Denver knew it would be a easy. Yeah, it'd be easy place to get a job, right? Like I knew gotcha. that for me. Uh, and uh. my wife works in natural food, and Boulder, Boulder, and uh, just up in the foothills, they have a ton of natural food companies. So we were kind of like, okay, I could, I could probably find a job. You know, I, at that point, I was just a brewer. So I, you know, shift brewer, and and I was like, I, and no matter what, I can find somebody who will let me make beer for him in in Denver. Right. So that was that was a part for of sure. it. Um, right. So
1: okay, based on your skills, you were like, well, I can, and 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 it's something that, skills, and like, skills, skills and hobbies, skills and hobbies, yeah, and exactly. Up like up in Denver.
2: Denver, yeah, yeah. Denver oh, yeah
0: I mean, uh, that makes sense. How, how far it, from computer, how far Denver from your hit.
2: house right now is the best mountain when you when it's it's is a good mountain for y'all to snow and snowboard and ski? My
4: my favorite mountain is about an hour and a half from here.
2: Damn, that's so nice. So beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's
4: still it and and do not except when and it's and snowing
2: while you're. That's about the second
4: when it's sn- when it's snowing while you're trying to get there. That probably sucks. It depends on the day. So Saturdays, like, so when I, when we we lived here about eight years now. When we moved here, you could try and go to the mountains on a Saturday. You had to wake up a little bit early, but and there'd be traffic. It, it gets blocked up. It takes it could take you two hours, three hours on Saturday. Mm-hmm. But now, like, I don't even try and go on Saturday. It's a it's a shit show out there, man. 70, the the highway up into the mountains, is it's two lanes most of the way. It's steep. And when there's snow, too, it's like, it, it's wild. It's a major trucking route, too. So a lot of these truckers get on there when it's snowing, and they don't know how to drive in the snow. I mean, maybe they only do New England routes or, or, or you know, Pacific routes. Yeah. And then they come over, and they're like, okay, I got to drive in the snow and, like, these massive hills. And, I mean, there's... I would say, especially in the winter, probably like once a week, there's a truck that's on fire, like just completely mm. burns off the side of the highway. It's, wow. it's crazy. Mm. That Dude, sounds that, worse than beach we traffic. Got beach traffic. Yeah. We got beach traffic. Yeah, beach traffic. They got <laughs> yeah. mountain traffic. Yeah, yeah that sounds, yeah. That yeah, sounds yeah. worse traffic. than beach. We don't have like yeah. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah, trucker <laughs> fires Sorry. Sorry.
1: Yeah. once a week. <laughs>
2: That
4: shit yeah, horrible. There's this that Instagram account terrible. called yeah. called i i seventy things, and they always get tagged in the videos now. Everybody tags them, as so you can like you can see it now more often. But it's 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 crazy. It's a crazy highway, but yeah. So we go. I mean, I try now that I own my own brewery and I can write my own schedule. I go on the weekdays, and I'll I mean, I'll move a brew around. I'll look at like oh storm's coming Thursday, <laughs> th- storm's coming Thursday, and I'm brewing Thursday now. I'm gonna brew Friday now. Like it's, it's fine. All right. All right. All right.
1: <laughs> Now that you're in Denver, you've been working at this facility. So when did you get to say, you know, when was the idea of like, you know what? Not only do I want to uh, open up my own shop, but I'm going to go in a completely pretty
4: different direction in terms of yeah. uh, what wheat style beers right, and, and all that stuff. So how did all right. this Right, thing- right. Yeah. So, so I worked there about three and a half years and I, I kind of, you know, had some It was a great learning opportunity i got to build a facility on somebody else's dollar like i learned so much you know i learned a ton but it wasn't it wasn't a good fit by the end of it i kind of knew it i was i needed to get out um but i had told my wife when we met in maine i was like i'm never going to open a brewery i don't i don't want to deal with that and the reason i always said that was because i knew it was just getting more and more competitive there's new breweries every day opening and and this was like 2000 you know 15 14 kind of timeline when there was a brewery every week somewhere opening up that had some hype and some ideas. So I was like, I just don't have an idea to me that can get above all this noise, like get above all these brewery openings. There's nothing that's special that I don't have any idea that's worth putting out there in the world yet. So, uh, we went to, uh, Prague on our honeymoons. We got married in 2018. We went to Prague. I tasted the beers there and I, I was blown away by what I tasted in Prague. You know, I'd had, I'd love Czech lagers. I was getting into lagers like most brewers do. And I was interested in that style. And so I was, you know, I really liked them, but I had, you know, Czech pilsners, what people call Czech pilsners, and they didn't taste anything like what I was tasting in the Czech Republic. It was, I was like, what, what are we doing? Like, this is not what we have there and we just call it this but it doesn't taste like this it's something something's going on here so you know i started to do some research and i got i got you know that bug again like i did when i was home brewing i would spend the girl i was dating at the time hated it i would spend probably 10 12 hours a week on forums on homebrew forums reading just <laughs> endlessly just to gather information and she'd be like what are you doing I'm like I'm I'm on the forums I'm reading there's I gotta learn how to do this so I'm working, I, babe, I'm working. Yeah. so I kind of caught that bug again and got super you know down the rabbit hole of researching Czech logger and I kind of had some ideas and I was like oh I think I understand a little bit about this and but it was still just sitting in the back of my head and then i went to uh, cbc which was in denver that year and the cbc the craft brewers conference is such a great experience for people in the industry uh even you know now that there's more more and more podcasts like what y'all are doing it's you can learn anybody can learn something there's always networking to do it's such a great just environment because there's you know you say hey i haven't seen you in a while how you doing you talk with people all the time get new ideas so i just had a lot of really good conversations that Somehow it all came together in my head. And I, I remember I left CBC. I was taking an Uber back home. I was probably a little hungover, but you know, it was still the idea had still come in my head. And I called her and I'm like, hey, we're we're gonna open a brewery. And she's like, What? You you told me we were never opening a brewery. I'm like, Yeah, I know, but uh I'll be home in like 30 minutes, but we're <laughs> we're we're gonna do this. So I just had the idea, you know, this the Czech loggers were really something that I thought I understood enough about what makes them unique and what the process, technical brewing steps were that people were missing. And I thought we could bring something unique to the the beer scene. You know, it's it's something that's not really, there's some places doing it. And even back then, you know, there were people who were representing this beer tradition well, but there wasn't a lot in, uh, that was really doing it true justice and it wasn't being presented like it was in the Czech Republic, both from flavor and from, you know, service aspects. So. Uh, I saw an opportunity to have something unique that I really enjoyed. I I love the beer over there. I was psyched about drinking it all the time and making it and kind of being more focused as a brewer, you know, getting into a tighter box of a style, all that stuff excited me. So, um, you know, we wrote the business plan and and moved forward with it and found some investors and and opened, um, you know, took us from that spring of 18, you know, when I first had the idea, Uh, I I worked at some breweries in between while we were fundraising, writing the business plan, all that stuff. But it took about uh, two and a half years to get it open from there. So, you know, uh, all in. From the day I said we're going to do it to the day we opened, it took about two and a half years. So that was kind of a, and that was obviously during COVID. So that was a weird period uh, for for all this to happen. But um, we signed a lease in July of 2020, thinking that COVID would be done in the fall of 2020, like a bunch of idiots. Uh, And then... Mm open yeah, summer had 2020 a year... <laughs> everybody everybody was like "Covid's over we're outside nope. yeah yeah like it's gonna by the fall it's gonna be nothing like look at China; <laughs> they're, they're done in three months it's gonna go away yeah no we're a bunch of idiots so yeah. um we signed that lease then thinking we you know it'd be no problem and then but we opened august of 2021 so our anniversary is actually two weeks from from today but yeah it's right. been it's been crazy you know just the adding the business side into it has been a lot uh it's, it's that's not my background you know I'm, I'm mostly just a brewer and like a production mm-hmm. manager so learning all that has been a ton of fun but my wife and i do it together you know she's got the business degree from her college days and so we we we, we make a pretty good team and tackling this sure. stuff and it's right. been it's been a lot of fun but, have yeah.
0: you had anybody from the Czech republic actually that you know of taste your own um, beer
4: yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we actually have a decent like in the mid in the middle of the country here, they have a pretty decent Czech Slovak population and Czechoslovakia used to be a country. Right. And then right. they split. Right. But they're yeah. very similar in culture, very similar. So there's actually a decent like Iowa, Nebraska. They have a lot of Czech Slovaks still. Um, and that's that's the biggest compliment that we get is when a Czech person comes in and says this beer tastes like home and this place feels like home. Like yeah, that's that's, what, that's I, what I was
0: asking. This, that's what I'm trying to get the mark. Yeah.
4: Makes them feel so we. Yeah. So the like, Czech pe- yeah. the Czech people are very very proud of their beer. They they mm-hmm. drink the most beer per capita of anybody in the world and it's not close. They drink like 150 liters of beer per person per year. The next closest country is like 110, 115 Damn. Damn. and we're like US is like 6th, right? We're we're not top 5 in beer consumption per capita. Um, we have a lot of people, but it's we're just not it's not like everywhere everybody's drinking beer. So they they love their beer. They love it. And like I did when Czech people would come from the Czech Republic to the US, they would drink, they would see in the menu, Czech Pilsner. They would drink it and be like, no, that's not right. Like you messed up. And mm-hmm. so they did that time and time and time again. And now, if they've lived here for a while, they are really skeptical of US breweries making Czech beer. Mm-hmm. So so we've, we found a couple of Czech people we've connected with that literally help us, like, find other Czech people and tell them, like, no, no, he's, he's doing it right. Like, he's he's got it. Like, he's <laughs> getting it down. But uh this – so this guy, one of the guys that we work with the closest, he's actually a butcher uh, from Prague. He studied how to be a butcher in Prague, came over. He's done some dinners for us, like, we'll release a Czech beer, and then he'll make some food for it. And he brought some of his friends in. And this one guy – I still remember this guy came in. It's, he's a he's a chef at some place called Cafe Prague in town. He's from Czech Republic. He walks in, and and the butcher guy's like, "Oh, meet Eric. He's the brewer and the owner." Okay, hey, how you doing? He's like, "Hey, does uh does a Czech guy brew your beer?" No. Well, are you are you Czech? No. And then he literally just grunts. He just goes mm, and walks away. <laughs> that that was I'd never met this man before. That was it. And then about twenty minutes later, he comes up to me and he's like, "Where'd you learn all this shit?" <laughs> and I was like. I'll will t- take that. That means okay. I, right. I, I yeah. Right. So it was about a compliment. Was, a compliment. <laughs> yeah, that's about all I'm gonna get. But yeah, we'll
2: take it. But that's right. the question. That's the question. Where'd you learn all this shit? Like, you said, no. Yeah. Everybody says it's a Czech beer in America, but it's actually not. And you didn't know that until you went it to those forums. He was digging in there. Yeah, <laughs> like, you went back to the forums. Well, <laughs> he wasn't in the forums. He wasn't in the forums. He had left the forums by then, though, Rob. Right? So yeah. he had to go back to the back to the forums. Like, so. How do you like? You knew right away that this was a different type of beer, and then a couple couple months mm-hmm. later, you're like, "I know how to make a brewery now, and this could be my yeah. niche." Yeah. How did you like? Are you are you changing the water profile? Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And how did you figure it out?
4: Yeah. So it took. I mean, it was. It. I wish the forums existed on Czech beer, but they don't. Uh, so it was. <laughs> it was a lot of. You know, deep diving on the internet, uh, there's a couple beer writers who have, uh, and beer historians who actually had some really good information. So uh, like Ron Pattinson is this old British guy uh, that had, I mean, he had, he has, he lived in the Czech Republic for a while and made all these websites that are probably going to die pretty soon because they're just not, they're not keeping up with technology, but there's a ton of information on there. Evan Rail is a beer writer who, you know, wrote a couple stories and writes for good beer hunting, stuff like that. Uh, And he's had some good stories and then a lot of it was tasting it there. And then, yeah, just kind of looking at stylistically what people talk about it and then, and then how we, how we get there, but going there's, there was nothing like going to the country and tasting it. But so I've, I've identified what I think are like seven or eight unique characteristics to how, how you make the beer. So I, that's generally like, when I give a tour of the brewery, that's what we start with. We go through like, okay, here's what I'm doing. that's different than most breweries and what makes, I think, Czech lager tastes like Czech lager. So it starts It starts with the water. So it's soft water. So in Pilsen, so this whole style, right? Pilsner was invented in Pilsen, in the Czech Republic. And Pilsner for 30 or 40 years meant the style from the town of Pilsen. It's associated with a place, right? right? And that was the first pale lager in the world. Everybody else was wasn't able to make a pale lager. They were making pale beers. This was in 1842. So they're making pale beers in Britain, but they weren't making lagers. They're making lagers in Germany, but they're not making pale lagers. So there was all, they was the Czech Pilsner creation was really a collection of a few different techniques from different places coming together alongside the raw materials that were naturally growing in the Czech Republic. So they had a land barley and a land race hop. That means those are both native to that country. So Saz was just the hop that was just growing wild and they were growing barley. They knew how to grow wow. grains, and they were growing it in the hana region in moravia in southeastern uh, czech republic and it just it just was around right so they but the malting techniques came from england and the lagering techniques did come from germany they hired a german brewmaster to make the first batches of pilsner Urquell. but that beer in the czech republic is still so tied to the place i might have said this in the interview that i did with y'all at log too but it's like you you say i'm drinking the town of Pilsen, right it would be like i'm drinking a denver They don't, they don't say Pilsner, they, (laughs) they say the town, they literally say, I'm drinking a Denver and everybody knows in the whole country, that's one brewery, it's one beer. So I'm drinking
2: a, I'm drinking a Boulder or I'm drinking a, a oh man. Mm -hmm. And that, and that
4: town is Pilsen. Pilsenia in Czech, which is why everyone started calling it a Pilsner because it's Dude. the beer from Pilsen. That Boulder so everyone, sound
0: cool as shit though. I'm drinking a Boulder. Drinking a Boulder. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I was thinking I, my next one's going to be I'm drinking a Colorado Spring. I thought that. was yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: So yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. I mean, it, it's a while. Like we don't have Pilsen we don't have anything like that.
2: Pilsen. I never, mm-hmm. I never even knew Pilsen was a place until we talked to you. Yeah.
4: yeah. So so then so again I. Yeah. So, we, so, you know, when I looked into how to make these beers, I'm looking back to how they make that beer. That's a huge inspiration mm-hmm. for us. How that beer was created, what are the things they do? Because a lot of that has been replicated in the Czech Republic. And now a lot of people make that style of beer. And if they make it, they don't call it a Pilsner. Again, they call it Svetli Lejac, which means pale lager or just a 12 degree or a Dmanatska in Czech. So you can go up to the bar and say, I'll have a 12. And they know exactly what you mean, they know the style of beer. Everybody's good, and everybody makes one. No one. There are not any breweries that I know of that I've been to in the Czech Republic that do not make that style of beer. Even if they're also mm-hmm. making something like that dissolver beer that you're drinking, Lou, they they might they might make one of those. That's that's newer mm-hmm. for them. They might make that, but they're also going to make this super traditional pale lager. Um, so so again, looking back to the Pilsen, we have water profile is where we start, right? So the water in Pilsen is super soft. Uh, wouldn't be good for for your calcium high water that you need but you know it's it's got it's got a low amount of minerals in it uh so it doesn't in, impact the flavor right you're really letting these raw materials shine through so we we installed a reverse osmosis filter filter at our brewery so we're taking our water you know all that shit that's in the denver water taking it all out and we're starting with essentially nutrient neutral water so we add back a small amount of the unfiltered unro ro water to add back those minerals and we're targeting about 15 ppm of total hardness in the water. That's what you find uh, when you can look at pills and water profiles. So, the next thing that barley they're using, right? The barley that they started Pilsner and with, they could make good malt, but they couldn't really make it that well. And most breweries actually malted their own grain alongside the brewing. So, when you malt your own grain and your brewing, you're gonna, something's lacking on both sides. It's a, it's a huge undertaking to do both. You're not going to nail, unless you're a place like Pilsner Kell, a ton of resources, you're not going to nail it. But like breweries the size that we are at now would try and make their own grain. So they, they didn't have a lot of, you know, they didn't have metal tanks back then. This is 1800s. We don't have metal tanks yet. So all we can do is put it on the floor to malt it. So we have this floor malting process. So there are some malters that still use floor malting process today but it's a little bit less efficient. You make a malt that isn't quite as modified. So you have a malt that you can't quite extract as much sugar from. So brewers nowadays, they look at, well, I could spend the same amount per pound and I could get more sugar out of the modified malt. Yeah, I'm gonna buy the modified malt. So this under modified malt kind of fell out of favor, but we uh, we work with the local malter to develop a slightly under modified malt. So he can't do the floor malting process, but he, we looked at the malting process and found some key places and said, okay, let's make a custom base malt that's our base malt that is purposely under modified that mimics what's happening in the Czech Republic. But again, that's not something most people are doing. Um, to, make that, to make that modification uh, possible or to make the make up for the modification, in the brew house, the, the third kind of step, the Czech brewer started doing what's called decoction. So I'm sure you all have heard about decoction. It's a lager technique, uh, but it's also inefficient, takes a lot of time, takes a lot of energy. So, again, not very popular today. Uh, but decoction is a series of boiling uh, mash steps that allow you to take your uh, portion of your mash, separate it and boil it, add it back to the whole mash. And then you get to move through different temperature steps when you add that mash back. Those different temperature like a steps. a lot of work it is a lot of work. <laughs> those <laughs> those temperature steps activate different enzymes that break down this malt to make it more accessible. So we get, uh, we get a malt that can be finished per se in the brew house. But while we're boiling this malt, we're going through all these Maillard reactions, which is the same thing that happens when you toast a piece of bread or you brown a steak, that nice layer you get on top, those darker, richer flavors, that's Maillard reactions. And that can happen with malt too. So as we boil the malt, we get this depth, this complexity of grain flavor that, again, most U.S. brewers do not decoct their beers. It takes a long ass time. It uses a ton of energy. It, you know, people tell you it's it's not worth it. But the Czech brewers that I've talked to, when you ask them, can you make Czech beer without decocting? It's absolutely not. You have you have to do it. It's got to do it. So so we do it. Um so then, man, I'll be
0: charged. How much you all charged? Because I'll be charged extra for my beer. <laughs> you gotta charge
4: extra. This I'll is be like,
0: elect- look, know, extra yeah, this right, extra- exactly. yeah, yeah, I
2: mean, yeah. I'm this is eight, it extra. Eighteen
4: dollars a pint. This is different. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're at, we're at seven, seven and a half liters. The current current pricing. So we're doing. Oh, we're do- I think I think oh, we're you doing even, pretty you good. You
2: even you even do it. You even do the metric system when oh yeah oh Great yeah oh, Listen, man it's, for, for, czech, for, for the people of the czech uh persuasion it is a, a flashback to the past that is wonderful yeah oh yeah yeah ah, i love i love it it's also it's, a, it's czech in denver
4: yeah and we and we built our camp like inspired by czech you know pubs so they call them you have, you have yeah, so we, nice. yeah we did we went the whole way man we have did we, you learn we went, did you learn the language uh, I am trying. It is. I feel like, pro- I, I feel
2: like you feel like know like you more than to. anybody in Denver.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Other than the Czech people. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, they walk in. They've tried to order beer in Czech. It's so funny because our bartenders don't know any Czech. And they walk right. in and to order a beer and it's Dom Manatka would be like, I'll have a 12. And I've been at the bar when some, some guy just walked up. <laughs> He's like C Dvanovska, and I'm like, it's a, give him a twelve. Like I, I know what he's saying, but our bartenders are like, what, 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 who? who I'll be like, something?
0: we don't have, we don't have twelve. <laughs> yeah, you gotta go back, you gotta go back there,
2: go back over there where they
0: got yeah. that. Uh, like, no,
2: we actually sell that. You have to, yeah. you have to give them index cards. They have to know that though. Your bartenders yeah. yes, do have yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah this was. 12, or, what are what are the names? Is twelves and and what are there tens and and fourteens yeah. and eighteens?
4: So 10, 10 and twelve are the big. Most popular styles. So I would say 95% of what they drink in the Czech Republic by volume, if not 99, like it's above 95 is pale lager, 10 degree or 12 degree. Those are the two. And in talking Mm -hmm. with the Czech people. So this is a, maybe a beer that's about 4%, maybe a little lower uh, for the 10 degree. And the 12 degree is like Pilsner or is 4.4%, but they go up to about 5% ABV. So. The the way I've heard it from some of, some of the Czech people that we talk to is 10 degree is your weekday beer and then 12 degree is your weekend beer. So you go up right. like, you know, one percentage alcohol when you're ready to get turned up and have. But you're going to have like 15 of these things. You're not you're not having two. <laughs> like you are. You are. They drink so much beer. It is. It's crazy. Like they they have these menus at some of the places you go. It's like a the back of a receipt. Uh, it's about a receipt size and they have their logo at the top. And they literally just tick your beers, the number you have. And if you're at a table with a group, then they just add it for everybody. So literally, they talk about because they do the the when you get to five, they do the cross hatch, right? So eventually, you talk about you building a fence and like how right. tall was your fence last night? Like, oh yeah, we got that fence like four layers up, man. Like we we had a good night. Well, I don't I don't know, but they. <laughs> I mean, it's you could probably fit yeah. like 20 on a row. So it's it's nuts, man. They drink they drink a lot a lot of beer, and so. <laughs> When that's you know when you change that a one percent in alcohol, it, it makes a big difference. But right. those those two are the styles, and you can order them by the number. So mm-hmm. so even in check, I've done it. I've gone up to bars and, and breweries in check and said, you know, I'll have the ten, and that that's it. They know what it is. So we we mimic that with our naming style. And if my beer ever gets to you, you'll kind of see it in the names where it says like, <laughs> it's brewery name and then the degree symbol, and that's all you need for the style. And so that's how we do it. It confuses people here though, because it's like. They don't know how to order it, so yeah. we see it at Fest all the time, man. People come up and they say, "Oh, I have the cohesion," and I'm like, okay, "Okay, which which, which one? <laughs> we
2: got two. We're like, serving <laughs> two today."
4: <laughs> yeah, we well, like we'll have like the ten and the twelve, and we call them cohesion ten and cohesion twelve because that's how they'd be named in Czech. But people right. walk up, "Oh, I have the cohesion." Oh, yeah, no, that's the. Do you want the ten or the twelve? Like it, they're different <laughs> beers. So it's but we we uh, yeah it's it's been fun to create something that I think is challenging for people. We, we tell our bartenders, we, we write the names on the menus in check. There is English on there, but um, we start with, you know, stuff that's confusing for people. We have a different looking tower. We have the lucre taps, you know, we're pouring with a lot of foam, but I always tell our bartenders, like we, we've created an environment where people are confused. And that's, that's a good thing because you're here to answer all of their questions. We Mm -hmm. have answers for everything. And when they're confused, if, the, if, if a customer comes in and they're confused and you don't know how to explain it, then it's, that's a bad experience, right? right. If they say, right. what is this thing? And you say, I don't know. That's bad. But when they say, right. hey, what is this thing? And you say, oh, I have the story. I have the reason. Mm-hmm. Then they're hooked. Mm-hmm. They're interested. They they want to know more about what you're doing. And so we've always leaned into this idea of like kind of confusing the customer is a good thing as long as we can back it up. And if, right. if our bartenders aren't knowledgeable enough to back it up, that's my problem. That's my job to make sure that they know how to answer all these questions. Right. Mm-hmm. But we've, we've definitely embraced this trying to confuse people kind of thing.
1: I'm, I'm curious to know that, like, when you first sat down and said, you know what, especially in an environment that we are, like, it's all hazy IPAs and IPAs. I You sat down and said, you know what, I'm going to open up a, uh, a, a, a Czech liner Pilsner uh, brewery. I'm was curious. One, what we respond from like your wife? She, she's like, oh yeah, absolutely. And just to <laughs> just to uh, just to, to the investors, you like, like yeah, that sounds mm-hmm. like a great idea When we live in the land of IPAs and all that kind of stuff, yeah, right. yeah. Because like, so, I don't
0: like that's scary. Um, do an IPA first. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm sure uh, one or two people... investors did say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had people since try and tell me like, man, you got to make IPAs. You're not gonna make any money. Like you need to need to have like, like people came, so, somebody of mine came with a whole side brand. He's like, you know, you can keep cohesion as a lager thing, just brand this and this way and make IPAs. And I'm like, no, we're, we're good. But yeah, I mean, there was, I think uh, y- y'all can probably tell by now, I'm a little bit of a nerd about this stuff. Like I, you know, this is not, <laughs> this is not a conversation that I haven't unloaded on my friends and family as well. So, you know, they, they, we really didn't have that much pushback on it. My, I mean, my wife was skeptical of the whole thing. Right. But for, for right. good reason, that's, that's where we bounce each other out. I'm the like, yeah, let's just run and we'll figure it out. And she's like, we don't even have our shoes on yet. And I'm like, yeah, but, right. but we, well, we can get some shoes on the way, like yeah, whatever. Yeah, rocks <laughs> <bad. Yeah. laughs> so, so we've definitely balanced each other out in that way. I think quite a bit, but um, you know, we, we built a convincing argument. And I think the argument was that when, you know, we had some market, So she does, uh, again, natural food. She's kind of like sales analytics. So she looks at a lot of data, a lot of consumer insights for like, where are we going with products to try and build better products? Uh, So we kind of did the same thing with beer. And even when, when when we were looking at starting the brewery, words like crisp, words like light, you know, lager, there were indicators for consumer preferences that were going that direction. And I, I knew that brewers were going that direction, right? I'm, I'm talking to my brewer buddies all the time. All right. And all of us are looking for lagers. We're looking for mm-hmm. a beer that I can have four or five of and not think about. I sit there and I criticize my IPA all day. I don't, I don't want to think about my IPA. I don't want to be overwhelmed with flavor. I want to drink four or five beers and just have something easy. And I had kind of seen some trends of customers following brewers' you know, desires because brewers start making what they want. And then they have to, you have to explain to the customer what it is. And brewers have been wanting to drink and make more lagers for a long time. So they've been doing it and kind of telling that story. Uh, So I knew we had, you know, some there. And then we looked at Denver specifically. When we opened Cohesion, there were five breweries up and down the front range, which is Fort Collins, Denver, and Colorado Springs, that were German lager specific breweries. Five. And in the country, there were zero Czech lager breweries. And the Czechs invented this stuff. I mean, they, yeah. they're the people that started this out. Like, so we have breweries that have been, and these are breweries that have been open for a while. We have breweries that have been successful at this. Why not Czech lager? So there was, you know, there was a lot of skepticism, I think, from the industry. But one one anecdote that might help with this. So, like uh, Cerebral Brewing. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. They're friends of mine, and the owner of Cerebral Brewing. They do hazies, they do stouts, they do lagers. Great brewery. Um, I ran into him after I had kind of had the like, we'd sort of talked about we were doing it, but we hadn't made anything public. But he, he knew it through the grapevine, people had been talking. So he comes up to me, he's like, Yeah, you know, I, I'm happy to hear about your brewery. I said, Yeah, what do you think? He said, Well, when I first heard the idea, all I knew was somebody was doing a check lager brewery. And I was like, Who's that idiot? And then I heard it was you. And I was like, Oh, that'll be okay. So, <laughs> so it was, it was kind of like, I think there was this people knew I would take it seriously. And, you know, that again, I, I, I have been called a nerd and a dork about all this stuff many times. So I think people knew like, Oh yeah, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna take, take good attention to it and, and do it. Right. I think, I think you had to with a project like this, you gotta be all the way into it. And if you're not, oh, yeah, the, the customer is going to know too, like, they're going to be able to tell right away yeah. if you're half ass and If this, this kind of thing. So, I think I think in general, all breweries. I think they're starting to be able to discern a lot better. Like walk into a place and be like, "No, these guys are half-assing it. Like we don't we don't need to go here." The, those guys down the street, they're they're putting all their you know everything they have into this. And I think you can I think you can tell more and more, and it's starting right. to separate people a little bit. All right. Yeah, for
1: sure. Um, well, I guess I should ask this earlier. Like, so when did you fall on the name cohesion?
4: Um. Oh yeah, that was. <laughs> When was that? Uh, that was, I mean, it was pretty early in the process because we had to, you know, one of the first things that we had to do, obviously, find a, a name that isn't taken because there's all these breweries now and there's <laughs> almost 10,000 in the U.S. today. So you, you got to find a name that's just number one, not taken. So right. that was, that was kind of difficult. Um, and one of the reasons I think Cohesion hadn't been taken, so... We've, we were looking in the trademark database because that's where you can really see, because if someone hasn't trademarked it, technically it's not theirs.
2: Yeah, it doesn't um, matter. It doesn't matter until you yeah, trademark
4: it. You're right. Exactly. So So that's where we kind of started our search. And it was interesting. There was actually a home brewer who had attempted to trademark Cohesion Brewing Company. And I think that's part of why people hadn't used that name yet. So that was one of the names, you know, we wanted to be talking about bringing people together over beer. That was one of my favorite things about beer that it brings people together, from all types of backgrounds. Beer is the people's beverage, you know, it's something that we can, if you have a problem or an issue and you say, hey, you know, let's go chat about this thing, your, your buddy or someone, an acquaintance might say no. But if you say, hey, let's go have a beer about it. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll go talk. So I saw the power of beer and really wanted to kind of try and speak with that, with the name. Um, but again, I think cohesion wasn't taken because there was a trademark filed. So we actually had to kick that guy off of his trademark. Uh, (laughs) And we did that because um, so he had filed, as I as I learned, and I I ended up knowing somebody that knew this guy too, but um, Mm. he had filed his trademark incorrectly. Um, So it was kind of like a a technicality. Mm. But you know, he he was a home brewer that had filed a trademark for a uh, commercial brewery. And as y'all know, you can't legally sell homebrew, so we essentially contact contacted the U.S. Patent Trade Office, and I had I had also heard through the grapevine from a friend this, this,
0: of a friend. They snitch, they
4: they I had I had heard I had heard this guy that knew him said he's never starting his brewery. He's not going to do it. He's he's a homebrewer. He thought maybe he would do his brewery someday, but he's not going to do it. So you you can have like you could take the name, and I don't think he'd be that mad about it. Uh, but he also was trying to like if you went to cohesionbrewing.com, the URL was listed for like a thousand dollars. Like he was trying to make money off this trademark he'd filed. But but yeah, he had filed it incorrectly. So I heard he wasn't gonna start a brewery. And so I basically talked to my lawyers. And the same day we filed a petition to the US Patent Trade Office to say, hey, this guy's filed incorrectly, and also we're gonna take the name. And so we we filed for the name, and I think that's Part of, again, part of why it hadn't been taken because people would look at that list and be like, Oh, it's on yeah. there, but they hadn't they hadn't gone to that next level to see, well, wait, who who is this person? What are they doing?
2: Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I really it, liked, it was just Eric really liked the name. Yeah. That's what that means. Yeah, you like the yeah. name more than yeah. anyone else. Oh, made, yeah. I want
4: cohesion. Yeah. Right.
2: And Eric yeah. has a strong arm, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and strong arm this gentleman. I mean, Whoa, I mean the it's, it's, if it's filed incorrectly, it's. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we we did it legally, but it's still so, a lot of strength.
0: So you guys didn't have any other names. I'm assuming that there was no other. <laughs> there, was any other there, was,
4: there was not a backup. No, <laughs> at, that, at that time, at that time, there was no backup. That is correct. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it would have been it would have been called the man who stole cohesion.
0: <laughs>
1: or or they <laughs> <laughs> who was find a Czech word for cohesion
4: and ah, so I, I tried true. that. I tried that. The the trademark I learned the US trademark covers foreign languages.
1: Uh-huh. So
4: so if you try and so say like Apple, right? If you tried to start a company that was called Apple in <laughs> French to continue our French lesson. Apple would say, ah no, we, we have Apple in all the languages. Like you don't right. get to just call yeah. it. So that's just yeah, part, of, I, the tra- it, that's part I of the that's part of the
2: trademark is that it's in all languages, not just English. Correct. Huh. Correct. You well, yeah, make up new, and... even
4: if you make up a new language, it's still
2: it's under that one now. <laughs> yeah.
4: And like and there's you know, there's there's some there's some bubble around cohesion too. Like you can't say like cohesion e brewing, like cohesion-ish brewing, like you, you can't that that's also not gonna fly. So you get some bubble of protection around your name once you trademark it, uh, and right. but it's it's not it, it. Yeah, I learned a lot about trademark law. <laughs> so,
1: hmm. well, there
4: you go. But, huh. Huh. Yeah,
1: I learn something every day. <laughs> 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 I definitely wanted to change the name to uh, Spanish. I mean, to Spanish or English or <laughs> if you're uh, if you guys oh, are wondering check.
2: what, what <laughs> Apple <laughs> meant in French, it's Lapone.
1: Lapone. Yeah. Lapone. So they've like, a Yo, nice Yo, name. Yo, Le or if it's like a clothing company
4: now instead of tech of home so different so so you can do different industries so that's that's the other thing about trademark is we had to trademark it as beer but there's Mm -hmm. also merch there's also electronics there's so like when we when we make some merch if we have a cool phrase that we want to trademark we would have to even if we have that in beer so we so we have the tagline foam is beautiful that's one of our taglines Uh, And we use it on our crawlers and stuff. Um, And so we've trademarked Foam is Beautiful for beer. So no one can make a beer called Foam is Beautiful. They can't put it on their can. But we don't have the trademark for merch. So if somebody wanted to make merch with it, technically right now, I'm unprotected. Like Mm. I can't really go after you. I might have some case, but it's not as strong. So it's Mm. like to cover your ass, all these different places. It's also like $1,500 every time you want to trademark something. So, so if you did, want to cover everything, you got to do it like five different times. Right.
0: So I can I can have a party, a foam party company, and call it "Foam is Beautiful." And people yeah. <laughs> I can't <end> <laughs> I
2: can't. I can't touch it. Yeah. And if I make if I make <laughs> merch
4: with foam, uh, foam is beautiful. So you could you could right. just put foam on there. It would ha- it, it it doesn't have to be, or it would have to be the full phrase for me to be even have any case but i'd have to i would have to still that's trademark it so right but those yeah, yeah those time. those lawyers figured out how to get paid that's for sure they definitely yeah, found the way yeah yeah i'm
1: I'm also curious to know like we found out from uh, uh mr lemon actually when he first was on our, our podcast as well as our homies in um in philadelphia about the uh what is it i don't know how to pr- correctly pronounced it Mick- milkland milkland poor uh, do you do that? Oh,
4: Or Mleko. Mleko, there you go. Do you yeah. do that as well? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of the last element of all the Czech pieces is the service, right? So we have, if you go to, it's, it's different in every place, but at the highest level, I think of Czech beer service, they do a couple things that are unique. They have the right size mug. They're very, very intentional about cleanliness of that, that mug. They also soak the mug in a cold water bath um, to chill the temperature of the mug down to the temperature of the beer before you drink it. And then they offer a variety of styles poured through a lucre faucet. So One of those is the Maliko pour. So we offer the half liter Maliko pour, and then we also offer what we call foam shots. So we have like a little five ounce glass, and we'll do the Maliko pour and foam shots because a half liter is a lot for people. So... Just like uh, human robot does the, the tubes, right? They do yeah. the foam tubes. Like right. th- that's a smaller format that I think is a little easier. Cause that's still, that, that's definitely, again, another confusion point. When we, if we serve somebody without telling them anything, just a glass of foam. They're gonna look at it and be like, what the fuck is this? Right there, yes, they are not, yes. they are it not is so,
0: it is so yo.
2: When overwhelming. I first saw
0: it, I said, What the fuck is that? I'm like, Why I'm like, I'm like yeah. I can drink this,
2: and then i like we then like just drinking. I'm drinking, I'm like, why does it keep going? It just it just never stops. Yeah,
4: I I saw um, I saw a a this, this yeah, it's a lot more going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I saw this girl though, on Instagram, like a influencer person come into our tap room and she ordered a Maliko or somebody ordered her Maliko. I don't know if she ordered it. But then the video that came up, you know, it's the it's the mug and it's full of foam and she's looking at it and she's like, I can't I can't do it. And she like I legitimately think she thought that the foam was just going to fall on her face. Like when she tipped the glass back, <laughs> and she's like, I, I don't I how do what do I do here? And there's this just like a minute of her like putting it up to her mouth and then like, I no, no, I can't. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> and yeah, it was uh,
0: that foam weird. is different. It's a different experience. It is. Foam yeah. Is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 oh, yeah, it's It's good because you don't expect the foam to have uh, a, a flavor to it and like a smoothness mm-hmm. to it, but it does,
2: and it actually yeah. just like turns in its liquid. Yes,
4: yeah. yep. the foam is yeah. gone if you drink it all, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 we when we let it settle, so in the half liter mug, we've let it settle to measure because we have to figure out how much we're going to charge you for it, so we have to know how much beer it really is. So we we filled mm-hmm. it up and let it settle. And in the half-liter mug, which to the top is about twenty-two ounces of liquid, it settles into about twelve ounces of liquid. I mean, there's there's wow. there's beer in there. You could you You're could right. get drunk on Licos if you wanted to. Right, right.
0: Twelve ounces. I think I have.
4: <laughs> I got no more on the. The milk Mm-mm. tubes or whatever they call it. Yeah, <laughs> robot. but that's what a lot of people don't think there's any beer in there, so they're like, "Oh, oh I yeah, can drink yeah. as many of these as I want." And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, I mean, go for it, but you're—it's gonna hit you eventually." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
2: true. There's that's definitely nice. beer in there. That's not a foam <laughs> shot. Yeah, it's yeah, there.
4: yeah. So that's why we offer the little five ounce ones for people yeah. that they want to try it, uh, but they don't want to go for the whole thing. Uh, but mm-hmm. we are gonna do on our anniversary. We're gonna do like a maliko chugging contest so i'm interested to see how many people actually enter that because i think most people are still going to be a little a little scared of it but i would think so
1: (laughs) well speaking Uh, of your your anniversary that you brought up like like when is the anniversary and like
4: what do you have planned for for the anniversary Mm -hmm. so that's august uh 5th two saturday two saturdays i guess from yesterday uh so we're gonna do um at our tap room we have a we're in an old army supply depot we got a ton of outdoor space and then there's actually a little park that's like across from us so uh we're gonna set up a little beer garden in the park normally we can't serve beer down there um we're gonna set it up like a you know european beer garden so under the drinking under the trees outside a nice nice little environment we're gonna do the we go chugging contest we did some new some new merch uh it's homies for the homies so that's some phrase that one of our bartenders kept saying when when people wanted mojito shots, he would just say "foamies for the homies." So we made we made some merch up with that and some some milk shot uh, glasses. So we're gonna do those. Uh, we got a new beer that I I brewed just for the anniversary, um, and then we got a DJ coming out. Um, so yeah, just like a beer beer garden party. We got some good good food trucks going. Our our check butcher guy he's gonna come out uh, and make some make some food for us. So yeah it's uh normally a pretty pretty good day for us um uh, as long as the weather cooperates so
1: right yeah yeah well, well while, like all a... our Denver listeners y'all know what to do head up <laughs> right. head up, the, uh, uh, up. <laughs> <laughs> for real <laughs> that's right uh that's um that's cool um because what what year? i know you said it started the second, in year. Year. Second, second year second year
4: yeah yeah so we opened yeah we opened in 2021 so it's only been yeah, only
1: been it. about two years yeah yeah, some people try to forget that
4: COVID year. They're like, oh, "That didn't happen." <laughs> <laughs> so, no, yeah. I try to. No, we did. We did good through. I mean, we we missed a lot of the COVID bullshit, right? I mean, we were not those those breweries that were open in 2020 that had to just right. shut down. You know, right, to go, yeah. go only only outside seating, space your tables out in your tap room. We didn't we didn't deal with any of that. Like we were we were really lucky when we opened. Uh, right. Um, the day, the day we opened there were no restrictions. We could have been as many people inside as we wanted, no masks, no, no nothing. So yeah. we were we were pretty lucky.
1: Yeah, because that's true because a lot of a lot of people that came on who, who started like January 2020 was like, what the was, yeah. right January, March they really right. Yeah. shut up, yeah. 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 Right. Goodness.
4: Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, yeah they I'm got a 30. taste of normal and then just just world, everything's different. So yeah right. we were we were lucky. Yeah. We were lucky with that. For sure.
1: Now, I'm curious to know yeah. in terms of just because of uh, the I don't know, do they
4: can a lot of beer in, in
1: Czech or do you can can your beer as well? I know you do crowds, but do you do you mm-hmm. can and distribute locally?
4: So we don't do any packaging. Um in terms of like cans, bottles. We send kegs to a couple of accounts, but we require accounts still to pour on the lucre. So like okay. if you're a bar that wants our beer, you gotta pour it on the lucre, you gotta pour it in our glass and you gotta do the the check pour. So um that's been limiting factor, but we don't do cans or bottles. Um, we want people to come in and, and drink the beer, you know, on site. So that's it's kind of all about us getting to, to explain to you, you know, what we're doing and why we're doing it. Um, and then the cans is also again. I worked at two production breweries before I opened this one, and I just don't really want to package beer anymore. It's man, canning. I don't know if y'all have ever worked on a canning line or volunteered on a canning line or anything. It's 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 just bottle, it's very bottle,
3: Yeah. Yeah, a of it's, of just, it's,
4: it's a lot.
2: Crazy. Yeah, yeah, I could so, see it, it. It wasn't a lot at one time, but I could see it multiple times over right,
4: and
1: over. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
4: yeah. And it's and it's really tough. I mean, I a lot of credit to all the breweries that do package and get a consistent product out with the quality they do. It's it's not easy. It's it's really to get the oxygen levels right and to get the carb right and get everything dialed. And it's it's a lot. And you just you need a lot of infrastructure. And we really wanted to keep the company kind of small and and a little more, a little more nimble. So it's also that thing. Once you start packaging more, everybody, more and more people expect it. Right. So as soon as I have true. cans, then I have liquor stores and bars and customers, everybody wants it. You know, I don't, right. the margins are not as good on it. So then I got to make a shit ton more of it to make money. So it's kind of this, right. This the beast process you feed. already eight hours. For one <laughs> yeah. So it becomes yeah, a thing. You got to keep true. feeding and, feeding and feeding and it's yeah. it's, a, it's a it's a very different model of business and it was just something that yeah. kind of you know we were i think if we had the right partners and the right you know it also takes a ton of money to do it right like you can't you got to have yeah. a sales force these days you can't just put your beer on the shelf people aren't going to buy it mm-hmm. you got to have people out there talking for you and, and working for you and so we, we kind of knew you know it's not something that we have the capability to do on our own at the outset so we're just gonna we're gonna do our tap room thing and, and be a little smaller, and if you can make that work, then then that'll be great. And so far, it's been good.
1: Nice, good, yeah, yeah. Because I I applaud it because I know sometimes I go in the liquor store, I be like, yo, how many IPAs can I do? <laughs> yeah, I can't do anymore.
4: Yeah. yeah, even though I did drink IPA today, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, yeah, people still love them, and we we have them. So we're in, in Colorado, we're lucky we can do guest taps. So like. If y'all had a brewery in Colorado, we could basically say, hey, can I have some of your beer and put it on my tab? We just sign a temporary agreement okay. and then I can put your beer on my tab. So if y'all were IPA specialists, I would just say, hey, I'll have take a couple of kegs of your IPA. And that way, if we have somebody that walks in and they're like, I only drink IPAs. And we, we say, hey, OK, well, we don't make those. Here's what we do. And they say, yeah, I still want an IPA. Then we have one. So it's it's been nice to we're lucky again that we're in a state where that's that's possible because that's not the same. How thing.
2: many of those guest taps do you have?
4: Uh, so we have three total.
2: Okay, so two, are they all, two that are you always have them out?
4: Yeah, two is always IPA or at least one is always IPA, and then we have uh, a sour that's always on two. like a fruited that's a uh, fru- could be fruited sour, could be regular sour. But our friends up in Longmont, uh, Primitive Beer, they do. Like, like we're committed to Czech lager. They're committed to the Belgian spontaneous tradition. Mm. And so we always have one of their beers on. Could be fruited, could be not. But we always have a sour. And then we have some non-alcoholic cans that we offer as well. And like in a seltzer. So all that stuff is stuff. Again, we just say sure. with another brewery, like, hey, we're temporarily distributing your product. And then we can have all those options in there. So if somebody walks in, they're okay. not... They're not too pigeonholed, right? If they really don't, if they want a seltzer, yeah, we got a seltzer. If they want non-alcoholic, yeah, that's fine. So yeah. we've we've tried to be as you know, offering as many as we can while still focusing on what we do.
2: Right. Sidebar, you just mentioned Longmont. Yeah. Longmont
4: uh is is very, very
2: good uh city for a beer. Yeah. And it, it seems like it's yeah. going every time I hear about it. It's a new brewery uh out in Longmont. Longmont's like an hour away. Uh outside yeah. of Denver and they have left hand yeah. and uh, yeah. I forget it's another brewery out there besides the Oscar, Oscar blues, Oscar blues nope. is out there. So there, there's even another one uh, or, uh-huh. or it starts with an O it's black owned mm. too. I feel bad. I don't remember. I'm oh. going to find out right now.
4: Oh man. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I'm going to find out. Y'all keep talking. <laughs> um, Longmont, yeah. Longmont's awesome. Wibby's up there. They're doing all lagers. There's uh the guy who used to be the brewmaster, I think that one's in Longmont. Maybe it's not Longmont. That one, that one might be in Fort Collins, but um, I know nothing about.
0: I know nothing about on, Longmont. Thank you. <laughs> not, <laughs> it's, just a, it's just like
2: a. It's just a great place to go outside yes. of Denver that still has a lot of craft beer to offer. Yeah. and mm-hmm. like that that close proximity. Longmont's not big at all. no. no. So all the breweries that are in there is they're walkable and very easily drivable.
4: There's also like this really, really great pizza spot there Ro- rosalie's pizza i I go to longmont start like my main goal is to get that pizza i've I've driven that <laughs> hour just to just to get that pizza before so it, that that Dang. place is also worth adding to your checking out on your longmont rotation right. no worries thank you <laughs> <laughs> now i'm I'm
1: curious no I know you you uh like you said you were we were uh well we met you technically in nashville but we also interviewed <laughs> yeah, you yeah. in uh and in, um and in, uh i log chairman in, in um, philadelphia do you do a lot of um i guess uh appearances at
4: lager and i guess mm-hmm. lager uh
1: festival festivals
4: yeah yeah we've basically if if there's a logger specific event that we feel like we can make it to we we try to um it's also you know our that kind of becomes some of our marketing budget, right? Is like getting out to these festivals and telling people what we're doing. Cause we're, we don't right now, not doing cans and bottles. We don't make any money unless you come into our tap room, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's how I make money. So right. to get people to know about us who are beer travelers, like y'all are, you know, we like to go to these events and other places because we still get, we get so many people that come into town for traveling. We're not, we're not crazy far from, off the airport route i mean it takes forever to get into denver from the airport but we're not far from like most people's route in the city so we love to go to these pets because we know people are going to travel to denver and we want them to think of us when they do travel to denver we we know we're a beer destination as a city um so we love to do these events plus it's just a ton of fun i mean i i love i love traveling for beer still so it's it's a great opportunity for me and my wife to get out go to festivals hang out with people make some connections and just chat about beer try other people's beers and especially again something like log jamming is a no-brainer right those guys no. are we're talking about loggers. this is some of the best lager producers in the country if you invite me to be a part of that yeah i i'm happy to be right. there i'll yeah. i'll figure out a way to make it work so it's mm-hmm. it's you know when especially as we're since we're so new and we're still coming up you know when somebody likes shilling same thing when they say hey you want to come pour beer at shilling i'm like hell yeah i do like you guys are awesome you know so Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. it's a really it's a we feel kind of honored to get some of these invitations and you know if we have the beer and we can make it work why why wouldn't we so um we do i'd say we do about five or six of them a year so
2: okay okay does it seem like uh er, this seem you seem different as a brewer to me it seems like you're such a like more, most brewers that have their own brewery that are such so inclusive to their beer at that particular time, but it seems like you're so interested in everybody else's beer as well as the beer that you're producing too. Like you just yeah. seem like a like beer nerd, like a you're a true fan of just drinking yeah. good good beer. That's that's a yeah. it's kind of refreshing. But that's most, probably most
0: brewers. That's ahead, probably Kendall. because that's probably because he he brews one type of one style of beer. And so, if he goes hmm. other places, then he can taste everybody else's style, That's all the stuff that he likes. Yeah. Well, knowing that he, yeah, it's not, it's yeah, not just the one that he's he's brewing in, in love yeah? with. So, yeah. yeah, yeah.
4: I like all but these I, other I, girls on the side. Yeah. I love my baby. Out here. I see what you do. Yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> but it's. I think. I think it's helpful to be so aware of what other people are doing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and this is, mm-hmm. this is this is this is my livelihood, right? This is also. I I love it. I do love it. I love beer. Yeah, you could tell. But this is also. My livelihood. Like I, I feel not only do I enjoy knowing what other people are doing, but I kind of have to, right? Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think, again, opening cohesion. Part of the reason that it made sense to me was because I'm looking around. I'm seeing what everybody else is doing. We're all talking sure. about loggers, but we're not talking about check loggers. Why mm-hmm. is that? Who can can we talk about it? Are people going to listen? And that was, you know, being I think more aware of the industry as a whole helped me feel confident that what we were doing was something that would would make sense but but yeah i i I still i still mostly drink lagers when i go and again yeah if i could go to a i just said this last time so it was just me and my wife at log jamming last time and we were we were having a tough time pouring our beer it was annoying but i think that was a me problem not a not a log jamming problem but um I told her my wife when we got back, I'm like, you think we could bring somebody else next time so I could just go and drink and like I don't have to pour. Like, I right. I mean I want to I love talking to people, meet people, yeah. but I there's I only got to try like five other beers. Like mm-hmm. there's all these beers mm-hmm. here. I wanna I wanna <laughs> try these. So
2: yeah, I'm not a beer so. fest, I'm still a beer fan. Like, that's the yeah. We had that issue at log gym and too. We didn't get it. Yeah, out. we did <laughs> definitely definitely need an assistant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: y'all were working too. So you yeah. know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
2: That By the true. way, guys, that Longmont Black Brewery is called Outworld Brewing. You know? Outworld. Outworld, that's yeah, it. Outworld.
4: Yeah, yeah. I met, mm-hmm. I met the owner the other day. Yeah. Yep, I yep. thought
2: they're in Longmont? Yep. Yep. They're like okay. a half a mile away from uh, Left Hand.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that one's like sci-fi theme too. Yep, so Absolutely. She's, yeah. she's got like all kinds of space stuff mm-hmm. and, and names yeah, of the beers like, and like yep, yep, planet yeah. logos on the t-shirt. It
2: was, it was pretty cool. but yeah, it's the first time I had Brussels sprouts.
4: Really? At
1: that brewery? Yeah.
2: Yep, yep. They nice. sold Brussels sprouts there. They have a whole uh, bar and grill yeah. in the
1: back. That's the first time you
2: heard Brussels sprouts? Yeah, I, I mean, my mom, my mom don't no. like them, so she didn't make them. Was little. Hello. She didn't make them. So it was yeah. like, and then, like, who, who's going to eat baby cab- cabbages as a 19-year-old <laughs> to a
0: 40-year-old on purpose? Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I eat them all the time. All right. <laughs> Did you grow up with them? Did you grow up with them? Yeah, but I didn't like yeah. them growing up, though. Oh, yeah. Go the ahead nice and grow up with them.
2: Yeah, it's a lot of things. Like, yeah, I love green curry. beans now. I love broccoli mm-hmm. now. My mm. mama made me eat that, but I didn't like it back then. But Brussels mm. sprouts, she was like, I'm not making that crap. <laughs> <At all. laughs>
4: Those are bad. <laughs> now, now they make them with, they always put like bacon in the Brussels yeah, sprouts. It's that always, that always, yeah, it's a lot
2: of stuff. Butter and garlic. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, don't even taste the, you don't even taste the leaves anymore. Nah, <laughs> yeah. If you, if you ro- like roasted, um, roasted. Brussels sprouts, are amazing. Yeah. Air, yeah. air fried are the best. Yeah, they were, yeah. they were, they were good, but not enough to put on my my <laughs> diet all the time. You know, I'm not going. I'm not ever buying Brussels sprouts. Buy them every, every time no, maybe they're, they're them. already cooked, but I'm like at the grocery store. I'm walking right past the Brussels sprouts every time. Oh, every no, time try, Brussels sprouts will never about. got to word. They'll never got to worry about me buying them. Never. <laughs> yeah.
0: Interesting.
2: Just for that, next time you come over,
0: I'll make it. That's fine. I'm gonna he tell you said it. you he won't, said he won't do it. I said, I'm God. not. I said, yo, I, I didn't
2: get uh, the ones at Outworld. They man, were good. That He's going to kill them, man. Next thing
0: you know, he's going to be like, yo, I got to start making some muscles. Nah, man. Bro. Nah, y'all got to make those. <laughs> that, that's
2: an out, out of my kitchen type of meal. Brussels yeah. <laughs> like, sprouts don't belong
0: in my kitchen.
2: Okay. That's
1: crazy. Now, now, I'm curious to just go back in terms of like even Bear festival, because there was, a, I guess, an article not too long ago where it said. Uh, our beer festival is dead. As a brewer mm. and a brewery mm. owner, do you feel this way as well? I'm curious to know because I didn't asked any brewer mm. that that know this question.
4: I think, I think beer fests are changing just like the beer industry is changing. I mean, look at... So let's look at GABF, right? GABF is the biggest beer fest in this country. Used mm. to sell out in 10 minutes, five minutes. Those tickets have been live for like two weeks now and they're not sold. Oh, yeah. mm. So I think that part of the problem is that there's... So many beer fests That's that BS. we're just spread thin on them right it's and it's almost like craft breweries right i don't i do not think there are too many craft breweries i think that this country could still support more i think that good beer is always going to be welcome but i think you see some thinning out of people in across the country where okay if if you weren't doing things at the top level you you may be having some problems and but I still think there's always room for a great beer fest or a great brewery or a great beer, right? If you, if you bring it, you bring your A game, there's room for that. And so I don't think fests are dead, but I think we have a lot of fests where it's like, and I see them in Colorado and we get invited to them. And sometimes we go and sometimes we don't where it's like a random town X brew fest. And you're like, okay, this is great. Like, well, tell me more about your brew fest. Well, it's just in the park. Okay. Like, well, are you, are you going to pay for the beer? no, we're not paying for the beer. You just show up and it's, you know, you get a market exposure. Okay. Well, why am I going to go to that? Right. And so as the brewer, there's all these fests where they're still, the fests are still operating on like, it's kind of like people, you know, asking you for artwork for exposure. Like, Hey, we're going to do some competition or, Hey, can I just like take your stuff and use it to promote my thing? Like people are starting to realize across the board, you got to pay people for their work. Right. And like, I think, a lot of these beer fests they still operate this, on this idea of hey if you just come to our fest there's gonna be three thousand people there and that you should just give us beer because we're putting you in front of people and it's like no that's not that's not how this works anymore like we need to get paid we need to have people paying for our beer and and treating us well like i can go to log where they pay for my beer they feed me they throw me an after party or right. i could go to this fest in this little town near me where I don't i don't get anything right i could i can't even find a bottle of water to, right. to hydrate myself right. so i think it's i don't think beer fests are dead i think they're changing and i think the the game is continually being raised i mean the yeah. the bar is is set higher and higher by people like the human robot guys uh you know and and what they're doing with with beer fest to bring that kind of environment together is it's a lot of work i mean it's a ton of work um uh, yeah, think... Yeah, that is true. I think it is definitely the...
1: Well, one, yeah, I think even if you have like a theme, like if you really have yeah, put it together like uh, like Lock Jam as well as uh, Irish Jungle in uh, Yeah, Turbent Animals and stuff like that where they really curate the actual events, even how they treat mm-hmm. the brewery, brewers as well because they have the after parties and the before parties and all that kind of stuff. So it is Well, and, and a lot of times if you look at brewer, brewer, uh, Beer Fest marketing, a lot of times it is showing the beer... Who's gonna be there? As li- like so how I mm-hmm. like we always want to know who gonna be there. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Who yeah. All gonna be there before we show up. We want to know what the breweries are like. Yeah. <laughs> so I think some of that has had to do with it. Like, oh, oh, I've never had this brewery, so I definitely
4: gonna try to right. come out and I check it out. But now. you don't. Them. Bro, you don't get that, that unless to... you treat them right right True. you don't you don't get that list so it's it's kind of like yeah if you don't have one you're not going to get the other if you don't pay for my beer right. the the people who want who are going to draw people like y'all to come to the fest they're just not going to come mm-hmm. so i i think you see beer fest failing because of that and it's you know it's kind of like this you know you get what you pay for or you know that kind of mentality is starting to come home a little more in beer and it's like yeah if you if you're going to pay to have all these people here or have them show up, then yeah, you're going to get the people, but the people aren't coming unless they know it's worth it. And that's right. both, that's both brewers and, and attendees, right? That's everybody.
1: Right. Yeah, because right. I was having this conversation with uh, a guy, a guy yesterday. He was like, yeah, um, some of the, uh, some of the beer festivals, like, yeah, because you were like, I've had, to, I've had all their beers. So why would I go and have these yeah. little tastered when I can, they're right down the street and I've had their beers. So if you bring <laughs> me somebody I've never had, or I wanted to have, or like, or one of the, the brands that you like. Oh, it's never really wanted to get to there, but I haven't been to I don't know Texas. Seattle or Oregon or whatever. Wherever you're going, yeah. Um, huh. All right. I was just curious, yeah. I mean, that's no. I saw a lot of yeah. articles about it.
4: Yeah, and and we're actually like starting to potentially plan our own beer fest. Um, and that's you know, that exact thought process is on my mind. Like, I got to make sure that we have a list of brewers. Like, that's number one. If I don't have a list of brewers that people don't want to come out for, no one, no one's coming. Like the they're not they're not going to come just because I say like hey, we're throwing a party. Like okay. that that's we're past that. I think again when when you could when craft beer was at the height of its growth, you know, maybe 2015, 2016 and stuff was just bananas out there, like yeah, you could say beer fest and people are like, "Oh, I love beer fest. I'll go." But right. the industry is growing up a little bit and everybody wants, you know, I I don't have and especially post COVID, I think we all value our time so much more that it's like, well, I'm not gonna go to this thing unless there's it's worth it, right? Unless I, I know who's there like right? and I and I wanna go hang out with them. Right. right. I
1: think I think beer has to take a That's little true. page out of like 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 wine festivals and food festivals, yeah. where there's so much more to do just than just eating drinking yes. the wine or eating the eating <laughs> the food. There's just so many yeah. more um, inst- uh, installations and, and things that
4: are engage yeah. your uh, attendees. So yeah, huh. all
1: right. like I'm mood sure about.
4: y'all have been to some some beer fest that you haven't. I mean, that that are just like where it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't like anybody, or the beers run out, or the lines are too long, or it's hot as shit, yeah. and there's nowhere to stand. Yeah. Like there's all these things that can just shut. Nowadays, you're just like, oh, I'm not, I'm not fucking with that. Like, why right. would I go right. there? Right,
3: right,
4: <laughs> yeah. That's
2: true. <laughs> he, he thinking of, he thinking of that brewery beer fest, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, beer
4: fest right you, y'all been to that beer there. fest where there's yeah. there's just lines it's just lines everywhere And it's like yeah. i i paid eighty dollars so i could come just stand in this line and then stand get two line. ounces of beer and go stand in another line like i'm not
2: i'm and not then doing be five, that be five people before the beer and they're like oh we're done it's all foam now <laughs> and this ain't the foam you want
3: it's yeah. not the good phone. No, it's, it's not
0: the good, good phone. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. We kicked. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Standing there for three hours. <laughs> yeah,
4: I mean, it's terrible. But how, um, how many fests fest do y'all get to a year? Do you guys go to a lot of them, or is it
0: not something that. We go to a lot of them. I, I, I don't know as yearly how many, but we yeah. do go. Yeah, yeah the yeah.
2: average keeps going up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's more
1: and more. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's more, more and more that pop up. I and mean, someone that like, like, yo, we definitely want to try that one. But sometimes they're all on the same day, which is actually yes. I don't know how they like. There, there should be a beer fest calendar where we like. All right, it's like especially if they're if they're yeah like local. the beer like guild.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> They're in what we call the tri-state area here. Y'all can't do it on the same weekend.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Y'all gotta be
2: like, and y'all gotta be like three weeks to a month apart. Like you can't do it back to back weekends either. I'm not coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Back to
1: back, I might do, but (laughs) it's it's a lot,
2: man. Back to back is a lot like we can't tell Eric to come back to back. Like Eric do Philly. can Eric do Philly in DC back-to-back weekends unless he stays in on the east coast pretty much
4: we're 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 doing it we have some we have a stretch coming up this well,
2: fall where mind. i'm doing like never mind I, it doesn't I'm, do uh, it if, Ed, you can do whatever you want guys it doesn't matter.
4: it's <laughs> it's a lot though i'll tell i can't yeah. i i i do like two or three max in a row i was i mean i was staring down we had we were set up to do shilling and then Snallygaster and then uh burial down in North Carolina, and that was back to back to back, I and mean, mm-hmm. even right. like in February, I was staring down that set of two weeks, and I'm like, God <laughs> damn it, man, I am. Like, September's <laughs> coming, man. It's, yeah. it's coming.
2: But so what would you? So, so knowing that it's coming, what would you rather have? Would you rather have one that you're going out of town for every month, or like being out of town for three straight weeks and maybe having to go back and forth once or twice?
4: Uh, I mean, I I don't know, I you you like you said it i i love i love doing this stuff i love traveling i love getting on a plane and going somewhere new and exploring new stuff so mm-hmm. i'm i'm tired i'm exhausted but i'll be there you know i don't yeah. i it doesn't it doesn't really matter to me if it's if it's friends of mine if it's people i want to support if it's a fest i think is fun i'll get my ass there like we'll, mm-hmm. we'll figure it out but I it's like that. I, I mean again i'm staring it down i know it's a lot of work and i know Especially when you get when you get brewers together, man. People like to go hard. Like right. some of these they guys, don't. some of these guys are <laughs> not. I mean. <laughs>
0: We try to stay away from those guys.
4: Yeah, we just go to the. Oh man! But yeah, I mean, y'all saw it in Nashville. We were out. We were out till no, three in the morning like at that little bar. The morning, yes. Til the, man, till the till the loudspeaker came on. They're like, "Hey, it's three in the morning. We're closing." And I'm like, "It's three go. in the fucking morning! Oh my god!" <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I it's it's I'll do it. I love it. I I enjoy it, but it's it's a lot of work. It's it's definitely it, it takes it takes something out of you, but I'm I'm the type of person that I gain energy from being around other people. I rejuvenate. That's why CBC was the catalyst for me to do cohesion. Cause I'm around all these people that I love yeah. and I like hanging yeah. out with. And I got that energy and that was the push I needed. So yeah. I, it's different for every person. Like I'm, but mm-hmm. I'm the type of person that you give me around my friends, around my peers, around people like y'all that I love to chat and beer with. And I, I leave this conversation. I'm like, yeah, let's go do something. Right. Like, and it still is draining because you're you know especially a fest you're drinking alcohol all the time but the hanging out the being with the people is is worth it and it's always right. something that i i'm re i'm a little bit you know in a way recharged rejuvenated i got new ideas i got new thoughts so i i, I like it enough yeah. that i would just i'll knock it out back to, you could i feel like if i did like four or five in a row i'd probably tap out but yeah, definitely right. well i well, haven't tried of- that
1: yet Speaking of it, because I know you, you mentioned three. So, are you actually still on the East Coast area? Are, are those you <laughs> still will be, be uh, attending this year,
4: or or have you gave one away? You like ah, I can't do all. Of them. Snally Snally changed the dates on us, so they they had they had they had a date, and okay, I guess the city. Now. Uh yeah, well they just moved it. So it was October seventh, I think. I got the email, and we were going to go, yeah. and then that was before Tim had talked to the the city. And they had some issues Mm -hmm. with the police department and they were like, no, you now now, even though before we said you could, now you can't shut down the street. Right. It's it's on the Mall of America. It's it's got to be policed and regulated, whatever. So the police department, I think, said, no, actually, we can't do it that weekend after they told them they could. And now and then it conflicted with another one. So I dropped the snally gaster. So it won't be there this year. Uh, that, yeah that is october 14th i
1: think or something like that yeah, yeah. yep That's, so it was yeah.
4: it was looking at the 7th and now it's 14th which is the the uh we're going to be in asheville at the burn pile festival okay so so i do i have two out of All three right. now so we're doing chilling chilling and then uh asheville in okay. in the fall on the okay. east coast so so people uh, so, on
1: the east coast can get some cohesion beer yeah yeah,
4: yeah. And so, so how, did, how, how does the extra. beer get
1: out there how do you guys just you just ship
2: it out like it's just a yeah, so regular, we, like we going to mail a keg
4: or a uh, half a mm-hmm. keg out. Oh, okay. All so right. we, we try, so part of the thing that makes it worth it, right? Because those single kegs, it's not really worth it, right? And if you're just doing a fest, so we, we, they have plastic one-way kegs. So instead of the metal ones, we can just fill the plastic ones, send it out. And then once it's done at the spot, they just throw it away or recycle it. Um, but okay, we, we've we now tried to set up, so you have to sign with the distributor to get in the right. States, right? So. We have to find a distributor we have to talk to them we got to get registered then we get in the state and then then our goal is to basically find two or three bars or if breweries can do it and we send more than just the kegs for the fest so that we have beer around town and then we get enough money to help cover the cost right it's also better for the fest because if i send one keg it all goes freight shipping so it all goes on a pallet and once you put it on a pallet that pallet costs the same, whether it's full or empty, right? The weight right. changes it a little bit, but mostly it's about where is it going to and how much space is it taking up? So if I send one keg on a pallet, that keg might cost, you know, a couple hundred bucks to get out there. But if I send 20 kegs on a pallet, those 20 kegs also cost a couple hundred bucks to right. get out there. So that's I always real. feel, I also feel bad for the festival. If I only send one keg, that could be a $400 keg to them. And that I mean, that's kind of right. a dick move to be like, Hey, pay me $400 for my keg of beer. Right? So we try and we try and find places, uh, accounts, bars, whoever's pouring that will take a little bit more of the beer. Um, so like for Log Jamming, we sent beer to uh, – what's that? I forget the name of that. Kyber Pass Pub, which is mm-hmm. closer to downtown. And then some guy all the way out in uh, like an hour west, it's Thornton, Pennsylvania, a beer hall. Mm-hmm. He had a lucre, and he was willing to take the keg, so he took like five or six kegs too. So mm-hmm. that's right. that's the way to do it. If yeah. you're driving, obviously you can you can bring it yourself, but right. I'm not right. driving right. I'm not driving out to Philly every year. That, I hope not. That, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> that's no, a, that's... It's not. It's not quite worth it. But so yeah, yeah so we've got some bars set up run for run Asheville. Show. Yeah, yeah. So we got some bars set up for Asheville yeah. and then New Hampshire one is kind of makes sense. I don't know. We don't have any, we don't have anything else set up with them right now, but if I can find something, we'll we'll send our beer other places. But yeah. nice. All right. Makes um,
1: sense. Yeah, so uh and uh, shillings and um and uh and the burn pit and burial uh, well yeah, you can yeah. find uh find uh cohesion this fall i guess the fall yeah yeah I guess fall. Yeah, fall. Yeah. Um, yeah all right um anyone that even have more any questions for uh for eric yes no. uh, eric yeah. do does pilsner
2: or Kel, that's like the national american beer that's supposed to be that the czech beer how yeah. close is that to Mm-hmm. what you guys are making
4: and what's made in Prague and Czech. So the Pilsner Kell that gets exported is a different beer. They they make it differently what they export to the U.S. Um, mm. They also they also treat it uh, a little differently, like on storage. So uh, it's actually kind of funny. Um, the the box, if you buy a 12 pack of Pilsner Kell, now it says on the box, we almost stopped shipping it to the U.S. But we figured some stuff out and now, we sent, now we're Now we happy to send it here. So I asked the brewmaster when I was there, because the beer, it has gotten better. What we get here has gotten better. I asked him, you know, like, what, what did you change? What's different about what you used to send? And he said, well, basically, they, they didn't they didn't store it cold the entire time they sent it here. So it, mm. it was from from Pilsen had to get to a port in Europe because uh, Czech Republic's landlocked, so it had to get to a port and then it had to get on a, on a ship. And go across the ocean, and the whole time again, it's not cold. It takes about a month, maybe six weeks. They said they would send it to Mexico. Damn. It would sit in a warehouse in Mexico at 105, 110, unrefrigerated, unair un, un conditioned Bravo, warehouse.
1: Super high in Mexico, We're yeah, all the time for like a never, for like a weird.
4: week, for like a week, it would sit in this warehouse over 100 Fahrenheit, and then they would send it to the distributor in the U.S., where it would go wherever. So this this beer got destroyed, just like. You put a beer, you know, hot, hot, not warm, hot for essentially two months, like that beer's fucked. Like you it doesn't right. matter what it is, it's not gonna taste the same. Uh, right. So they're so they're much better now. Um so They've been doing that for think, years,
2: going on for years.
4: years. Years, years. And they and they almost stopped sending it here because they would come over, they would taste it and be like, "Listen, well, isn't right. It's like well, guys, yeah, you gotta you gotta give <laughs> it cold. So
3: mm-hmm. they
4: figured that out, and that's it's much better. Uh, but the the beer, the biggest difference between the beer in the U.S. and the beer in the Czech Republic for Pilsner Urquell is uh, diacetyl. Um, so the the beer in the Czech Republic contains diacetyl, hundred percent, and it's a it's a contentious thing here in the U.S. Brewers putting or having diacetyl in their beer. Diacetyl is an off flavor that kind of tastes like butterscotch, uh, buttered popcorn. Um, the and so most U.S. brewers don't like it they think it's if you have a beer with diacetyl trash like immediately not good but it is a important component of the czech republic and of their beers and there are some process steps that they do that it makes sense why it's there but the beer they brew for the u.s they also know that so they make a beer without diacetyl in the czech republic to send to the u.s because they know that if it had it it wouldn't be accepted here Mm -hmm. um and then for us like how our beer differs from Pilsner so. it's a very different beer, I think. It's one of the things I love about the Czech styles is that even though we have 12 degrees, that's the style, right? And we have some parameters here. You can look at the BJCP guidelines, the beer judge certification, and get a handle on what the style is going to be. There's actually quite a bit of variance between is it maltier? Is it more bitter? Is it darker? Is it lighter? Did you use yeah. these kinds of malts? And there's a pretty wide spectrum of flavor profiles within this one style you can get. And so... You know, I'm not I'm not trying to remake Pilsner account in the U.S. I love that beer heavily inspired by the brewery, but I can't I can't make it here. I don't have the same rum. They make their own malt still. So that's one of the few breweries in Czech that still does make their own malt. I can't get that malt. You know, they they also select their own hops like they get to pick a single lot of hops. I can't do that. And then they have they still to this day use some copper tanks in their brew house, which uh, and they use direct fire. So instead of, like, we use steam jacketed tanks to boil our stuff. They have a giant flame on the bottom mm-hmm. of their copper kettle, essentially really accentuating that caramelization of flavors, that Maillard reaction yeah. we were talking about. That mm-hmm. goes to level 11 when you put, I mean, it's like a couple thousand degree flame just sitting on the bottom boiling. Um, so they have, a, they have a pretty unique process, even in the Czech Republic and even to this day, uh, that's hard to replicate. But I think one of the things that, I also love about that beer that I do try to bring into ours is the bitterness level. So Pilsner or Kel, one of the things I love about that beer is that it's, it's, it is a simple and easy drinking beer, but it has layers of flavor, right? It has these little waves you go through as you drink it. And so you have this, you know, very malty approach. It's a little bit sweet. Then you have diacetyl kicking in there. And at the end, you have this lingering bitterness that kind of hits your tongue and just stays for a long time. And what that does is it makes you want to take another sip, right? You have this bitterness sitting on your tongue for so long that you're like, I gotta get that bitterness out. Where's my beer? <laughs> and you take another sip. And they and they built the beer that way. And they talk about when when the Czech brewers talk about beer, they talk about drinkability. That's like their number one goal. And for Pilsner Kell, that drinkability comes from this bitterness that sits and long enough that you need you need another drink. It's like salty and and beer, right? Like I get, I love this salty thing, but now I need to, now I need something to drink. Oh, now I need the salty thing. Right. So same idea with bitterness. And so we, with our 12 degree, I, I, I haven't got it yet. You know, I've been, I've been swinging at it for two years and I haven't hit it yet, but trying to match that bitterness profile is definitely uh, one of the things we're trying to do from Pilsner Urquell from that beer specifically, but that's, it's also, you can't get that. I haven't had a a bottle or a can in the U.S. that has exactly replicated that experience that I that I've had with that beer in the Czech Republic. So, um, right.
1: not a passion that you speak about Czech beer make me want to go to Cohesion and when I'm in Denver. Like, hey, yeah, that's definitely a stop. Yeah, do y'all use the di- yeah. daffodils? That di- the, the, the,
2: the, the, the daffodils? daffodils? The daffodils. You know what you oh, said that oh diacety, diacetyl diacetyl, no, diacetyl diacetyl there it no 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 no
4: no
3: no, uh, no, no,
4: no <laughs> so we so I I kind of had uh, when when I was starting cohesion that was a question on my mind because I I like diacetyl I don't mind it it's it is a part of the beer in the Czech Republic yeah yeah diacetyl so you can't you can't get away from it in the Czech Republic like it's it's there you're gonna taste yeah. it and especially yeah. in Pilsner Urquell. And so I said, you know, this is this is an accepted part of the style in that country. But in the U.S., again, everybody hates it. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I kind of I kind of I was interested in doing it, but I didn't want for a second time to deal with all these other brewers telling me that I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, which is what happened with Hazy IPA. Right. I already had that once. I had years of people, the outside noise being they don't know what they're doing. They they can't make good beer. This is a flaw, right? It's not it's not because they knew how to create this. It's a flaw. So there was part of me that kind of looked at that, and we were opening cohesion and said, if I open with diastole my beer, that's going to happen again. And I'm going to have to deal with it and explain it. But unlike customers, the brewers don't listen. They would just make their own opinion, and they would just say, yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's not making good beer. So I kind of wanted to prove to people that I can make this beer without it, and I could make it with it. So eventually we will add it in. Uh, we've had one collab that we did where we did add it into the profile and I, and I liked it. Um, but at this point I've proven to people, like I can brew beer that doesn't have this flavor, but I know it can be added and I know how to do it. And eventually I have a I have a plan to essentially quantify it uh, throughout the fermentation curve and then be able to stop it at a certain level so that I can know also what I'm presenting. And I just haven't had the time to run that experiment and like gather all those data points yet. but we will eventually do it and kind of challenge people with it and say like, Hey, again, if you were in Czech Republic, you would taste this flavor and it's okay. Like if you don't like it, that's also okay. So we, we don't do it currently, but yeah, that's the, the long, long answer about why, you know, why I haven't really broached it yet. Right, And now now, now I have
1: another question because of, because of that. Uh, (laughs) uh, In terms of uh, like uh, ways where people can, can try even, just, just the, the name recognition and stuff like that is, is collaborations. Mm-hmm. Like do mm-hmm. a chance or do you do a lot of collaborations or do you have some currently that people in different parts, of, it doesn't matter where they are, but do you have collabs right now that are either in cans or on tap somewhere?
4: Uh, we brewed a collab with human robot. Uh, they were, they were trying to send me some to, to try it out, uh, just to make sure it was, it was all good to go. So hopefully those cans show up pretty soon and, and then that'll get released. Yeah. Um, As long as everything's everything's good with it um oh yeah we do we do a lot of collabs i love collaborating with brewers you know it's it's um the there's there's definitely some parameters around it it's like you know the the number one rule that somebody else told me is like you shouldn't as a brewer you shouldn't collab with somebody unless you want to spend a day with them and at the end of the day that's really what you're doing you're going to spend a whole day with this person or or group of people and I like to, I, I like again, hanging out with people with something I enjoy. I get energy from. So if I can find a friend of mine, who's also a brewer that we want to nerd out about beer and other stuff for a day and create something together. Yeah, let's do right. it. So yeah, we, we generally have about two collabs on at a time. I'd say at our tap room, we only have six house taps and I would say one to two of them are almost always collaborations. Um, it's also cause brewers, again, are very excited about this style and we do right. so many things that other brewers can't or don't take the time to do. And so when they come to us, they get to play in traditional Czech mm-hmm. lager range. Whereas at their brewery, yeah. they're being told, Hey, I need more IPA. You know, I need more fruit yeah. sour. Yeah. I need more this, uh, and they mm-hmm. don't get to play in this world. So we kind of have like a little bit of a playground for brewers to be like, Hey, you want to do like traditional to the style and and try and nail it check logger, like yeah let's go and so we we we've, we've probably done i don't know 15 maybe 20 collabs at this point I, I i love doing them and we try and it's another part of doing the fest right like when i went out for log jam and i had the opportunity to brew with human robot and that was i i learned a ton i got to see their brew house to, you know hang out all day so we we do them pretty regularly
1: nice that's good uh, and, yeah. and my last question, uh, and this yeah, yeah. had nothing to do really with beer, but because uh, you already said you weren't Czech, So uh, I don't know if your wife is, but how did you pick Prague as a honeymoon destination? Uh,
4: yeah, my wife is not Czech. Um So my my mom, uh, she's retired now, but she worked in uh, telecommunications. So she did. Um, she was a programmer for like companies that would build cell networks around the world. That was her last job so she would go into she went to rio in brazil she went to moscow she went to prague she went to uh maybe france and then like all around the us and canada so she would go and for a week or a month she would live there and like learn how to cut or, or build the network on site for cell towers and My dad would go because he got a free place to stay. So he would go like for a week at the time. And like while she was working during the day, he would go walk around town and then they would have dinner at night and hang out. And my mom would wake up and go to work and my dad would go explore the town. So one of the assignments my mom had was in Prague and my dad went and hung out. And he's like, yeah, I think you'd really like this. Uh, You guys should go should go check out Prague um, on your honeymoon. And their their wedding gift to us was actually. Um, it was, you know, we didn't, we didn't go on our honeymoon until six months after the wedding. Uh, but the gift was, we'll pay for your airfare and all expenses in Prague, as long as we get to go with you, uh, to start your honeymoon. (laughs) And I was like, yeah. All right. 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 So we'll We'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then, you know, we spent three days in Prague with them and then my wife and I went on the rest of our honeymoon, but they, they paid for the whole airfare. So I was like, all right. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine so that's that's how no, i discovered uh, it and uh, it had always been on my bucket list to go there but you know my mm-hmm, it's really my mm-hmm. dad that kind of forced forced me to get there he was like i think he i think he'd like this place and turns out my my dad knows me a little bit so he was he was right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah and now cool. now i get to go back about about all once right. a year you oh, know it's also, right, it wasn't. any more questions hello yeah <laughs> what
1: what you say it like that?
0: <laughs> that was weird. No, I don't have any more oh, questions. You Rob, kind of just interrupted. Rob everything. delayed. That's right. <laughs> He's delayed. He's delayed. Oh
1: yeah, oh, yeah. It, right. it went out on my thing. Um, all right. So i want to thank Eric from Cohesion, bro, for coming through. Thank, thank you so much for having me. Yes. Yeah. Before we go, we always like to know how people can find you on these worldwide webs, uh, the actual brick and mortar location in terms of where Cohesion is. So, how, how can they find you all and learn more about uh, Cohesion?
4: Yeah, so we're at Cohesion Beer on uh, Instagram and Twitter, uh, website cohesionbeer.com. And then we're at uh, 3851 Steel Street in Denver. So, it's like 38th in York, just outside the Rhino District. Um, but yeah, you can, we're maybe. 10 15 minutes from downtown downtown Denver, so yeah, come check us out. All right, uh, yo, you can find me
0: on Instagram at IM302Yoda.
1: Okay, that's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on them Instagrams. My name is Lou Belgium, guys. Uh, you can find Bruising Banter Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Bruising Banter Podcast, as well as Threads and TikTok. Um, you can listen to the podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can say, Alexa, play Bruising Banner Podcast because we are on Amazon Music. want to follow me, Rob G. Rob say Bruising. Bing, 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 bing. bing. There it is. Uh, uh, this has been episode 211 of Bruising Banner Podcast. Until next time.
2: Have a good week, everyone. Bye.
0: Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Choose girl how about we go go up shelf we not drinking casamigos